dell, the farmer in the dell. Hi ho, the dairy o, the farmer in the dell. The farmer milks the cow. The farmer milks the cow. Hi everyone, and welcome to the twenty-third episode of Slime Time Side Quest, an official Dragon's Den podcast. This is Yangus, the legendary bandit. And this is Drippy Slime Star, aka Not Plenty M3. No, it, it it most definitely isn't. How are you doing, Drippy? Pretty good. Can't complain. The uh, weather's been holding out. The crops look good, and all the chickens are laying eggs. Well, that's not exactly what I meant. But oh, okay. Um, you do realize that when we typically start out with um, you know some sort of joke before we you know we jump into the main topic of our episodes, I mean, glad to have you here. But you know, just, we you know, Platy and I, you know, we typically banter back and forth. I laugh at something stupid Platy says. Platy thinks about telling me to shut up. You know how it goes. I mean, I, you, yeah, you've been on a few times. You know, <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I just thought the joke was that I'm not Platy. Well, I mean, that's a good beginning of a joke, and but you know, we usually. We'll take things a bit uh, farther, though, just, you know, the, just a sudden, like, switch of hosts or surprise. Well, in that case, I'm sure I could come up with a few more jokes about Platy if I tried. Maybe something about his horrible tastes in hockey teams? Ooh, uh, sure, let's let's go with that and, uh, let's, let's, get, let's get something else to try. Okay, um, uh, take two. Uh, Drippy, thank you so much for filling in for Platy M3 tonight. Yeah, of course, anytime. Thank you for having me. You know, when you said his grandfather had suddenly passed away and left the family farm to him, and he needed to move to a new town nestled in a scenic valley populated with some not very choosy but very materialistic singles. I figured filling in for him for a few seasons was the least I could do. Yeah. You know, it surprised me too. Wait, I'm not exactly sure that's what went down. I mean, you have to remember, Platy is old as until dirt. He hasn't had any living grandfathers for decades now. Ah, uh, that's true. I think I got it a little mixed up, actually. I was chatting with him on Discord this week, and I see he left his corporate job recently. So, you're right, his grandfather passed away many years ago, but see, he gave him a sealed envelope back then. Plenty never opened it, but recently he's been crushed by the burden of modern living, and the spirit started to fade before a growing emptiness. He lost sight of what mattered most in life, real connections with other people in nature. That's something I can really get behind. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on there, Nicholas Sparks. I think if you just clicked over to Platy's Twitter, um, you'll see what's really going on tonight for him. All right, let me Twitter. Oh, what the puck? He's at a Tampa Bay Lightning game with his kids? Those poor children. Yeah. Thing is, he didn't want to rub those two recent Stanley Cup victories too hard uh, into your face here tonight. So, well, he just let me do it. Sorry. Well, that was awfully nice of him, that dirty son of Speaking of Platy M3 and his sons... He should be home soon and will likely join us in a bit. So if you're a longtime listener and wonder, well, where the hell was Platy? Why didn't he start it out? Well, there you go. <laughs> but we're happy that uh, Drippy was able to jump in and help us out with the intro tonight. So before we continue on, thank you for that, Drippy. Yes, of course. Happy to do it. So um, let me see. Actually, we heard from Matt not that long ago, our good friend Platy, I should say. Uh, let me read this uh, text he just sent. Home soon. Start off introducing Twinkie and other guests, and then talk those shitty Harvest Moon and Animal Crossing games. P.S. Don't read that shitty part. Oops. Man, Platy can cut deep. <sighs> yeah, I know all too well. But he wouldn't be Platy otherwise. <laughs> well, with that said, let's welcome our farmhands for this evening. Say hello to Austin Nervar. You said it right. <laughs> Matt Craft. Hello. 
And our first time guest, Twinkie. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, welcome, Twinkie. So this is a kind of a special night since you know Twinkie's being our very first very first time being a guest here on Slime Time, both on Prime and on SideQuest. And whenever we have a new guest on, we like to ask a few Dragon Quest related questions. You know, since this is the series that brought all of us together and helped you know make this podcast a reality. So with that said, Twinkie, we're going to put you in the spotlight for a little bit here and just ask all you right. a few questions that we usually ask the guest, uh, Liam. And Platy usually do this over on Primetime, so I figured since you were a new guest for us here on SideQuest and Slime Time as a whole, we should give you the same treatment. So are you ready to go? Yep. All right. Um, Drippy, if you would like to swap off questions with me after I ask the first one, we'll kind of just go back and forth. You want to do that? Yeah, that works for me. Okay. So, first question for you, Twinkie. How did you first discover Dragon Quest? Uh... I discovered Dragon Quest when I was probably only four years old. Um, our parent, my parents had a uh, hand-me-down NES, and the original Dragon Warrior was one of the games, and I played it. And of course, I didn't know what I was doing. But um, after that, I didn't really play much of Dragon Quest until 7. I borrowed a copy from a friend and got into that. And then Dragon Quest 8 came out. I enjoyed it. But I wouldn't say I really didn't get invested into the series until the DS um, games came out. Um, that's when I started really getting into them. And I've been kind of a Dragon Quest fan since. So Okay. Awesome. Sounds a bit like some of our cases, because I know that the DS games help bring in a new generation of fans. Oh, definitely. Let's see. Uh, do you have... Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Drappy, you go next. Sorry. Yeah, so, <laughs> so speaking of that, uh, what is your favorite Dragon Quest game? Seven. Easily. Oh, really? Oh, man. My I like a lot of it. Oh, right. It's good, too, but Seven is uh, definitely the best one for me. Seven's a classic. Yep. Well, Twinkie, you just got like 1,100 awesome points for that one. So <laughs> you're, you're on the top of the list now for other guests. For other guests. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so with Dragon Quest, you know, having just so many different characters, both playable and NPC-wise, who would you say are, or excuse me, who would you say is your favorite character or characters? I'm a huge fan of gung-ho kind of characters, so... I would have to, they have to be Elena and Maury easily. Those are good and characters. I also have a soft spot for Tor- Tornaco too, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad there's He's another Tornaco favorite. fan. <laughs> yep. Nice. So, is there uh, any Dragon Quest game that you aren't a fan of? I'm personally not a fan of Seven, but that's that's cool that you are. Uh, Do we lose Twinkie? There's that's a main line though. Um, Dragon Quest Two. It's not that I don't like it I'll, I'll still play it i'll still enjoy it but when it comes to replaying older games um i would much rather play something else over it and i absolutely refuse to play the original release i it has to have the sfc changes absolutely i agree with everything you otherwise just... but yep so. <laughs> yeah two definitely is one that people are the most like hit and miss on for sure like i think even back right. in, when it was like brand new that people were kind of hit and miss on it yeah let's see all right. Well, obviously, all of us play a lot of games and you know do that kind of thing. But what what would you say is your favorite hobby? Is it gaming, or might it be something else? I I'm I'm pretty boring. And one no, it's gaming because <laughs> it's not just video gaming in general. I am also into tabletop, um, tabletop RPing like Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder. Um, I do like to attend uh, gaming events, um, competitive events, or just laid back events, stuff like that. Um, 
I also like to play chess and stuff like that too. So okay, nice. Good little selection of games to pick from then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. So um other than Dragon Quest, is there um you know any other game series that you really like or any genres other than like RPGs that you really like? Um honestly I'll play just about anything. I it's kinda hard for me to like pick a specific game or genre, but I will say that I really heavily gravitate towards um RPGs in general, rather it be JRPGs, CRPGs, ARPGs, MMOs, um I also enjoy playing real-time strategy games pretty often, too. Um, games like Age of Empires 2, Supreme Commander, and the like. Um, I, of course, I also like to play like life simulator games once in a while, like laid-back, relaxing games like Animal Crossing and stuff like that, too, here and there. So, to balance it all out. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, before we move on to the next question, have you ever tried playing uh, the Pikmin games at all, Twinkie? Those are pretty good for... I think they're supposed to be based on like real-time strategy, and I've Pikmin? always enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah I played. Uh, I played one, the original. Um, I haven't played, and I also played the Wii release of it, where it has motion controls. I played that one too. But outside of that, I haven't played two or three, or the 3DS game for that matter. But so my experience with the series is limited. But I really did like what I played of them. Well, I'll just go ahead and tell you, you're you're better off just skipping the 3DS entry because that's. That's really nothing like any of the other Isn't ones. Isn't that like a platformer? Yeah. Like it's, a yeah. it's weird. Gotcha. Gotcha. It, like, even though I've been like a, a Pikmin fan for a long time, I remember when that one was announced, it's like, oh, that's... <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> but I would recommend Pikmin 3 on uh, the either the Wii U version or the Switch version. That's a... That's a pretty good entry to get into, especially if you haven't played one of the games in a while. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to pick it up sometime. I definitely really like the first one, so... It's definitely on my to-do list. Oh yeah, yeah. I would. I that, that's a series that I definitely recommend to uh, anyone who likes Nintendo stuff and they, you know, want to try some of their uh, not lesser series, but you know, not as popular ones. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this question I don't actually have listed on here. I'm going to save the heavy hitting question for you, Drippy. But one question that I happen to think of uh, related to Dragon Quest that I didn't put on here earlier was uh, what What would you say, Twinkie, are some of your favorite monsters from the series? You know, all of us love different ones like slimes golems you know all that good stuff what would you say would be some of your favorites mimics i absolutely love mimics and it's not just dragon quest i like mimics as like the concept of the monster itself rather being dark souls or something i just like mimics i think dark souls mimics Mimics would terrify everybody oh yeah definitely (laughs) but i really do like mimics i don't know why i just really do that's a good answer. I, yeah, mimics are awesome, especially the the Dragon Quest ones. I really like how they look. And oh yeah, definitely. yeah, especially D and D and stuff like that. You know, we laughed, the table laughed, we stabbed the table, all that stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, Drippy, we got to ask so, a heavy hitting question. Yeah, this this next question, it's really going to um, you know see if if you're worthy, you know, of of coming on to this podcast. It's really Really important question. So how do you really feel about Twinkies? I like them, but I don't love them. Not as much as I used to, anyways. <laughs> um, I did get this nickname from uh, going to LAN parties like years ago. And I'd always bring a couple box of Twinkies to these LAN parties. And nobody knew who, what my name was. And so people would refer me to as like Twinkie Guy or that Twinkie dude over there. That's and fun. so I, the na- I kind of just adapted the name and I've just got... You know, been called that since then. So, I love that. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, there we go. Now we finally know. I always wondered about that. <laughs> yep, that's the story of it. Oh, that's funny. 
And, you know, I remember um, this quick little side story here. I remember I once jokingly said on the Discord for the Dragon's Den, it's like, well, you know, every time Twinkie and I uh, play Animal Crossing together, he always whips out a box of Twinkies and goes, here we go, gamer fuel. <laughs> well, you're not far off, I suppose. <laughs> I'm glad that story had some truth to it then, because that was totally made up. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, uh, as we said before, thank you for being on tonight, Twinkie, and we're happy to have you on as a first-time guest. And from, you know, from all the conversations that we've had on the den and from the Discord, whether it's, you know, just private messages or in group chats, this definitely seemed like a genre that you've put a good amount of time into with different games. So we're happy yep. to have you on tonight, along with uh, Drippy, Aust, and Matcraft. Thank you. All right. Well, boys, I think it's time we get our suspenders on, get ready and uh, get some sleep and wake up at the crack of dawn because it's time we get some heart. Uh, we get some uh, harvesting started. And what better place to start than with Harvest Moon? So which one of us is introducing Harvest Moon? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well. I can do it. I mean. All right. You know what? Ask you, you said it. You do it. All right. So um, Harvest Moon, uh, does it really need that much of an introduction? I mean, <clears throat> it's more or less the first farm simulation game that everybody played. Uh, I guess kids nowadays probably start with Harvard, uh, Stardew Valley. But, you know, back back uh, in the SNES days and the N64, Harvest Moon was really it. I know Rune Factory was around, uh, gosh, when? Back in the GameCube era? Or was it after that? Um, that yeah, that was like GameCube DS era. I think the first game of that series was yeah. like 2005 or six. Like so that. that that would have been its really its only competitor, and I, I don't think it was had quite the market share that Harvest Moon did. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's it's a well it was a well known title at the time uh, in Japan. It was called I can I never know how to pronounce this exactly, but it was called Bokujo Monogatari. Um, that's that's the actual name of it, and it was localized by Natsume uh, in America as. As Harvest Moon, and I, I explained this in a different podcast of, uh, or a different episode of this podcast earlier on about the naming and how it's different now. But nowadays, it's called Story of Seasons. But Story of Seasons, Harvest Moon, we're talking about the same thing more or less. Um, I, I think the, I think the Super Nintendo title was the one that got the most popular. I don't, I don't think the wasn't that the first one. Uh, yeah, the Super Nintendo entry was the yeah. very first one of the series. Yeah, and there were some Game Boy titles uh, of it as well, I believe, but they weren't quite as popular. Um, the the one I started with was Harvest Moon 64. Um, I know Platy emulated the SNES version. He's talked about that a lot, and that was like what introduced him to ROMs. Um, but it's uh, it's it's your basic everything that you see in farming games nowadays. It's more or less originated here, although probably without a lot of the quality of life changes that the genre is introduced now. Because um, you got to remember the when was the super or the Super Nintendo version was like what 1992 three. Uh, that was quite a while ago, and even. On up into the GameCube era, you're going to be missing a lot of the ga- the quality of life changes that the genre has, you know, pioneered over the years since. Um, does anybody else have anything else to say about it? I mean, the as the the, the series as a whole, rather. Um, 
I don't really have much to add. I just remember when I was a kid, uh, Nintendo Power advertising uh, Harvest Moon 64. And I always remember that game because it had kind of that graphical style that even to this day I still really like, where the characters have this 3D-esque look to their sprites. Um, kind of like if you guys have ever seen uh, played uh, Donkey Kong Country or yeah. have seen, um, yeah. just to go off a more recent release from this year, like how uh, Saga Frontier Remastered has its characters kind of look like these semi 3D models, even though they're, you know, uh, they turn them into a sprite. Um, that yeah. was what I always remembered. And I remember, you know, seeing the different animals and talking about, um, you know, your farming, things like that. And I always just remember that it was just the simple, like, um, I don't know if it is supposed to be a kid, but he always reminded me of a kid. It was just the boy running th- on the, like, running across the screen. He had the blue hat that's on backwards and his mm-hmm. trusty dog running behind him for, like, the artwork. Yeah. Otherwise, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I just say he's definitely a kid. Oh, so he is supposed to actually be a kid. Yeah, at least, I'm guessing probably around 10, but it could be a little older than that. Okay. Do they have marriage in that first one, then? Because I know that's yes. one of the big things in the later games, and that, that kid kind of looks the same age. In that. Marriage, marriage <laughs> well, yeah. is definitely in Harvest Moon 64. I don't know about the Super Nintendo. Well, see, that's why I've always been like so confused about that, even like years later, because I know marriage is a big part of it. But whenever I see the characters, to me, they always look like and they kind of have that chibi look to them uh, for anyone who's not, you know, anybody listening who has not played a game from the series. They always have that sort of chibi look. So it's kind of hard to tell if they're supposed to be an adult or a kid or, you know, what's the deal? <laughs> well, it's, it's different throughout all the games. Uh, maybe I was undershooting with saying he was 10. I was just sort of going by the whole Pokemon rule. But mm. uh, I, 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 I could buy 14, honestly, with the like the way uh, Japan is with Age of Consent and stuff. And, and honestly, like, uh, you know, the whole rural aspect, you know, you got obviously that didn't happen anytime recently. But you know, back in the old days, people got married younger. Just that's what you did. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I could buy 14, 15. I mean, he's definitely supposed to be a young man taking over his grandfather's farm. Or I can't remember in 64. Is it your grandfather? Or It's a relative of some kind. I'll have to take your word for that one because I'm unfortunately I don't know. <laughs> that's definitely the tone, the idea of it. And that's something that like Stardew Valley this tone really remind me of Harvest Moon 64 in a lot of ways. And that was one of the things they did was you take your grandfather's farm over. Mm. I will say from, from, from this series, I don't remember what the GameCube uh, entry is called. Unfortunately, there's one that, um, gosh, I'd have to look it up, but there's a GameCube entry where it's sort of the same idea where you have to take over for a relative who passed away. Mm-hmm. And as you go around the town, it kind of does, if I remember right, kind of does the animal crossing thing of sorts where it's pseudo real time or mostly real time like whatever the time you have you set your gamecube clock it'll be set to that and i always remember this gamecube entry in particular because from a video i saw where it was talking about like some of the npcs you come across there's like this weird hobo caveman guy that you can (laughs) give him trash and he'll be like oh thank you (laughs) gosh i have to look up who that is now because i gotta i gotta figure out what game this is I think it's a wonderful life is the GameCube one. That's the one that yeah, I that's didn't get more than I didn't get more than ten minutes into that one. Yeah, um, I, I, I played a lot of that one, but I don't remember it being real time. Let me see. 
Ooh, we got a few, actually. We got Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, Harvest Moon, Magical Melody, and Harvest Moon, Another Wonderful Life. Yeah, that one is basically <laughs> the same as A Wonderful Life, but it's like the girl version. It must be A Wonderful Life, then, because the the artwork, at least for like the main guy, is what I'm thinking of. Let me see if I can find the character I'm talking about here. Oh, as soon as I typed in Murray, yep. Yep, A Wonderful Life is the one that has, like, the hobo caveman guy I was talking about, whose name is Murray. <laughs> I sort of remember that. Uh, again, I don't remember anything about it being real-time. But, yeah, I definitely remember, or I sort of remember that character. Uh, I could be misre- misremembering, too, with the real-time thing. I just remember for it being, like, one of the first GameCube ones. I think they had tried something kind of different with it. I know for sure that your character can end up, like, dying. And then, you know, that's game over then. Yeah, how would they die? Is there combat or anything? Well, apparently it's just like old age because there's a video I remember seeing um, (laughs) back in college. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys know Peanut Butter Gamer is over on YouTube. Yeah, but so he always has uh, videos going over the different games in the series. One of them was A Wonderful Life, and I remember at the ending, like he's shocked that his character actually died. And was like, wait, what? Wow. My game's over. What happened? <laughs> because it's the guy who gives you your farm in the first place is like, oh, the poor kid. He didn't, you know, it, <laughs> just his time came, unfortunately. Is well, that like that, the bad ending? <laughs> I don't that know. It goes on forever. Uh, <laughs> wow. like, that's a long game. So, I, like, I've, I haven't finished it. And I, I keep coming back to it, like, every five or six years and put some more time in it. But, like, Man, it just keeps going and going from my memory. So it, it would be kind of interesting, yeah, if you eventually grow old and, and die. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to recommend that to you guys on here tonight and anyone who listens. Uh, go over to YouTube and look up that video of a peanut butter gamer talking about Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life. I, I could be remembering wrong for what game in particular that was in, but I know that there was a, a game in the series where he talked about and was, like, shocked that there was, like, that sudden game over, quote-unquote. So... Yeah. <clears throat> go, go look it up if you're if you're curious about that. I, I'm pretty sure it's true, and I'm not. And hopefully, I'm not misremembering. And if I am, then my apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched sure. his. Go ahead. I watched his. Um, what was the one they remade? The Friends of Mineral Town. I watched his video on that, and it almost sold me on the game. But I wasn't ready to dive into it at that point. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll take a look at that video and maybe try one of the GameCube ones some of the one of these days. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that A Wonderful Life is the one where you can accidentally kill your farm animals. That I'm, Maybe I'm misremembering this. I'm going to have to Google it. But I seem to remember like uh, using the sickle in my field and accidentally hitting my cow. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Google this because I could be this an old memory. I could be remembering it wrong. In 64, there's actually a glitch where you can um, actually harm your farm animals and basically reset their affection counter to make them like you by hitting them with a hammer. It's actually a speedrun strategy they use for the N64 game. Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These animals are masochists, man. (laughs) From my Google, it says that they can die of uh, sickness, so maybe I'm remembering it wrong, or maybe I just happened to hit it with a sickle at the time it died. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't help it either way with the sickle. <laughs> I just a remember friendly that. neighborhood Nintendo game. <laughs> also, there's a bug in my version, my save. Like, it, there's a package that you, or uh, you could order like supplies and have it dropped off at your your storage room. And like, I went every time I try to go open it, the game crashes. I just remember oh, that. Oh, All right. Well. 
but um, if I don't, I, I don't know how much time we're allotting to Harvest Moon as a whole. Um, oh no, you're good. If you have anything else to say, go right ahead. Yeah, uh, well, the ones I, the one I have the most nostalgia for really is Harvest Moon '64, and I just like I have all these memories of um, like renting it from the the video store, and that was the way I played it for the longest time until we finally got our own cartridge. And um, when we finally bought our own copy. It was the summer that we got, we had an above ground pool. We, we just got a pool. And like, I remember my parents being like, why aren't you swimming in the pool? It's like, come on. It's, you know, it was this super cool thing. And it's like, I was so addicted to Harvest Moon 64 that even when I was like in the pool, all I could think about was like my farm and, and uh, like who I was going to marry. And, and like, that was, that was, uh, the coolest thing to me that you could get married and like have a little family in the game. And I don't think, I don't think I ever made it past year three cause I was just terrible at it. <laughs> so like year three would come around and, and this was when these games were brutal. Like if you're, I don't know what secret system they use to calculate your score, but if it wasn't high enough, uh, I think your father or something would be like, well, You'd get a letter in the mail the first day of the, thir- of the of each year, and your father would be like, "Well, you're not, you're obviously not succeeding at this life, so it's time to come back home or something to that effect." And it's essentially game over, and you had to start over. That was always such a so depressing because you'd lose everything, like you'd lose your wife, your kids, and just have to. Oh my start god, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, and it's like Stardew Valley. Even if you suck at the game, like he keep lets you keep playing. Um, which uh, I guess. Harvest Moon didn't pull its punches, I guess. <laughs> no. Uh, and uh, the last thing I want to say is I've gone back and played this recently. And even though like I love this music and, and just have so many wonderful memories of this game, man, it is hard to go back um, after all the quality of life changes that Stardew Valley has introduced. It's it's like the menus are slow. Switching out items is slow. It's just it's it can be a slog to get through with all the modern changes in gaming nowadays to, to go back to, I know this is true with RPGs in general, but man, I, I don't know what it is about Harvest Moon 64. That's sort of hard to, to get around uh, for me, even with all my memories attached to it. Hmm. Yeah. No, sometimes when you go back to certain entries of a series, you have to either kind of remind yourself like, Oh man, that's, you know, this was, yeah. you know, this is just how it was. Or, or you have to yeah. either got to adapt or just be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even A Wonderful Life has that problem to a degree. And um, Friends of Mineral Town, the original Game Boy Advance version, is it like it's not quite as good as the remake in terms of quality of life stuff. Yeah, when I first played the original, I had that issue where uh, I did pretty well for the first year, but like pushing past the first year of that game was just absolutely brutal because of the lack of quality of life mm-hmm. changes that, you know, games like Stardew Valley brought. It's It was really difficult for me to go back to it. Yep. You know, some... <laughs> It, it definitely, I've I've heard that those games can be pretty brutal too, and I've heard from even some people who have played Stardew Valley that sometimes the game can throw like some curveballs at you. I don't know if that's hundred percent true or just people you know had trouble with the game, and maybe you guys can confirm or deny that when we get to that point. But you know, I really did not know that. I honestly didn't know that Harvest Moon could be that cruel of a mistress sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, man, this was the 90s. <laughs> that kind of discourages me now. Now that, you know, we hear all these 
you can die and it's pretty it's like oh maybe i don't want to go back to a gamecube one you know maybe you'll look into a remake on switch or something like that because yeah the quality of life thing i mean that happened to me you know not specifically in the genre but i remember playing uh oblivion a little bit before skyrim you know loving skyrim and then going back to oblivion and i just couldn't do it you know just the, the amount of quality of life things just in games nowadays it, it makes it really hard sometimes to go back to certain games um you know and even going back to even that gamecube era can be pretty hard yeah it like even with like just kind of moving away from uh harvest moon a bit too like when you go back to some games of a series or if you you know kind of jump around depending on how releases are, you know, whatever you feel like playing. I I at least find sometimes you either have to, you know, kind of look up ahead of time, you know, what to expect, like gameplay-wise or difference-wise, or you just have to, you know, see what there is and just be like, okay, you know, just going to have to deal with it. You know, I mean, really, I think sometimes when you research a series that, like when I was getting back into Dragon Quest, for example, back in, like, high school, I had to figure out, you know, how the games were a little different from one another. Like before I even started playing five, I was looking up a bit like how the monster recruitment system works. So I didn't just jump in and like, you know, slam my head against the wall or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely but, have to do a little bit of spreadsheeting with the early games with that stuff, too. So. All right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm well, say, any... uh, well, I'm just going to say if if you are a huge fan of this genre, you should at least try one of the older Harvest Moon games just to see where it all came from. And that's pretty much closes out what I have to say on it. OK, it, I will just say real quick that I, you know, from not really having played these ones, I still remember that N64 game being advertised. And admittedly, if I went back and played an older one, I probably would try that one out first just to you know see how it is and you know maybe if i really like it play some of the later ones but you know i'm i I can say that even though this is a series i've never played myself i have heard plenty about it heard plenty of people you know really enjoy the games and get into them i've now learned that they can just kick you and put you down super fast if you're not playing (laughs) uh the exact way the game might be kind of wanting you to but i mean (laughs) i mean that sounds interesting to me that the game can just like totally throw you a curveball or just be like, no, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> but um, I think with that, uh, does anyone else have anything they want to say for Harvest Moon before we move on? Any final thoughts? No, I'm good. No. Okay. Well, in that case, um, maybe we should give uh, farming a little bit of a break here and, you know, go move somewhere new. You know, live out in the forest, live with animals, you know, start a new life for ourselves. And what better way to do that than with Animal Crossing? Uh, This is a long-running Nintendo series that's appeared on a few of their systems throughout the years. Uh, This one actually got its start on the N64 in Japan, and I don't have the Japanese, like, official title up, but roughly translated, it would come out to be Animal Forest. Uh, it was released, or it got a re-release uh, about a year or two later in Japan on the Nintendo 64 again that was called Animal Forest Plus. And eventually the game was brought over to America in, let me see here, make sure I got the right date. It was brought to America in 2002 on the Nintendo GameCube, uh, which also featured all of the additions that uh, Animal Force Plus got on the N64, as well as some brand new uh, features and changes for the Western audience. Uh, From there, the series has seen a ton of new entries, uh, both for the main games and for spinoffs. You have Wild World on the DS, which came out in 2005. You have City Folk that came out on the Wii in 2008 or 2009. Pretty sure it was 08. You have 
um, Animal Crossing New Leaf, which came out in, I believe, 2013. And you have uh, the newest game in the series, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, that came out uh, in early 2020 when everybody was stuck at home. (laughs) So, yes. (laughs) Uh, To jump ahead real quick with uh, that one, that was definitely a game that a lot of people used for some interaction since you couldn't really go anywhere and, you know, had to be cautious about what you did. So... Uh, that game was definitely one that came out at the right time. I know it got delayed a bunch, but I, I think in the long run, it was a good time to release that game because everybody was stuck at home. <laughs> but um, along with the main uh, five games that we just listed, there are also a few spinoffs for the series. Um, there were some e-reader cards for the GameCube release uh, here in America, which will help you get some special items, some, uh, uh, some bonus unlockables, things like that. There was... Animal Crossing uh, Happy Home Designer on Nintendo 3DS, which allowed you to go in and actually help uh, different uh, animals and different villagers help design their homes, hence the name of the game. And actually, a lot of those features ended up getting put or implemented into New Horizons when that came out. And then the other spinoff that I'm sure everybody holds dearly to their hearts is Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival on the Wii U. That's a thing. A game, a game that everyone loves and nobody was mad about or annoyed with at all. <laughs> or that you couldn't get for five dollars at Toys R Us like I did, just for the amiibos <laughs> to use in the 3DS game. Well, at least you're not like me. Literally paid full price on that release. So. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, I bought it mostly for the amiibo because I was in the amiibo craze during the time. So, but. I think that's why a lot of people ended up buying it just to get the Amiibo Nintendo. Honestly, I think so, too. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, since we have a few different games to talk about, why don't we just go ahead and talk about the original on the GameCube. Uh, Matt, I believe you wanted to talk about this one and had some things you wanted to discuss about it. Yep, yep. Uh, Well, when you got started playing it, really dug into the nitty-gritty, you didn't know that there is a game within a game on Animal Crossing. And depending on how you went about doing it, you either got it from from Tom Nook lotteries or like you guys are just talking about using e-reader cards. I am talking about fully emulated Nintendo games right there in Animal Crossing. If you got the item, you could play the game whenever you wanted. And they ranged from the normally obtainable ones being stuff like Balloon Flight, Donkey Kong, Excite Bike, Pinball. From the little island that you could get to through gameplay, you could get Wario's Woods. I think it says baseball. I never got either one of those. Nintendo giveaways, once again, e-reader cards and stuff like that, which would be soccer, Donkey Kong Jr. or 3. I don't know what Clue Clue Land D is. If anyone knows what that is, speak up. Yeah, Clue Clue Land's kind of an interesting one the way it controls is a lot different from uh other it's kind of like a puzzle game of sorts like a like a weird take on pac-man it's one where you have to use the uh your left and right arms of the character uh clue clue and get yourself to make these uh different uh patterns in the i've only played a little bit so unfortunately i'm hazy but basically you have to move around the screen avoid the enemies and basically you're creating this pattern so like one pattern for example looks like a happy face or one pattern looks like a flower one looks like a a triangle or you know different stuff like that as you move around you know it's i think it was one of those earlier nes games so you know probably a little more simple i don't 
unfortunately i don't really have a whole lot i know i'm kind of mumbling and rambling on this point but i mean it is a fun little game it's definitely one you have to get the hang of as you play it but it, it can be entertaining i've played it for you know a few minutes here and there and i've i've enjoyed it just the controls are a little uh funky fresh so to speak to get used to <laughs> I feel like that's on the um, the Switch NES app. I yeah, I'm looking it up. It looks like it actually is. It's on it is, the yeah. Um, NES yeah Switch online. There's also the arcade uh, version of it's on uh, the Switch as well. Oh, nice! I had no so, idea there was an arcade version. <laughs> yep. The last there's a set of four that everyone always wonders how to get two of them. It's like you guys said, arcade. The original arcade version of Mario Brothers and Ice Climber are available through the North America-based e-reader cards. It says specifically Series 4, and they're crazy rare. Then we've got the original Super Mario Brothers, which is available only through a Famitsu giveaway from 2001 to 2002 so that puts it on the list with this last title that you can only get with a cheating device and that is The Legend of Zelda now that I looked through the list a couple times makes me think that they just put Zelda in there to test battery backup as far as the little NES ROM they programmed into it because most of these other games on here look to be password only and such so, why try to put Zelda on there for everyone if it ain't going to work? My guess is they left it on there, intended to give it out, and just never came of it. Yeah, because when I was looking up, uh, when you'd mentioned you were going to talk about the NES games you get in the game, and I was kind of looking it up, there are ones that you can get with the special password system that's, I believe it was implemented in Animal Force Plus, and they, you know, kind of expanded upon that on the GameCube release. But there's a few you can get that way. There's some that you can get from villagers. You can just randomly find them. And then there's, I think, a set of four or five that are that are supposed to be obtainable through Nintendo events specifically. But then you have, the like, The Legend of Zelda one you were just talking about, Matt, that is pretty much unattainable unless you use other means to get them. Let's see. Uh, which were the ones that you said were super rare? Not the, not the unobtainable ones, the super rare ones. That would have to be, uh, where is it? I had it right there. Uh, Mario Brothers and Ice Climber. You can get uh, Mario Brothers Ice Climber with e-reader cards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had both of those. Because, oh. like, um, I definitely remember all these cards. I'll let you get back to what you were saying in a minute. But, like, a lot of these NES games I discovered through this game because... I just, I mean, I had an NES, but I just didn't have the money to buy all these games when, when I was that young. Uh, so when, when I got the Animal Crossing, I was buying these little booster packs from KB Toys all the time, and I had an E-Reader, so like I, that's how I experienced a lot of these uh, NES titles. I think that's how a lot of people like in the GameCube era got to play some of these games for the first time, too. Mm-hmm. Because I remember um, I did not have Animal Crossing on the GameCube, it was just one that, unfortunately, just because of you know, bit of you know, being a kid, I could you know, didn't really have all that much money, and I can only really ask for games at certain points of the year. Yeah. Um, as it's weird as you say, like kid me had priorities for what games he wanted and didn't want. So yeah, <laughs> so Animal Crossing was never one that I admittedly was like, oh, I want to get that one. Uh, but I do remember in 
uh, Nintendo Power that they always would have, for quite a while they did this, they would always have one page dedicated to Animal Crossing on the GameCube, uh, you know, during that era. And it would always show off uh, different sets of uh, either like seasonal uh, items that you could obtain, different outfits, you know, some of the rare or some of the more rare or like one time thing that you could really only get at like specific points of the year. And they would include the passwords for them. So you could go to Tom Nook's, type them in. You'd be able to get them then sent to your house. So it was kind of cool that Nintendo Power did that and, uh, you know, included those codes. So if people, you know, say, for example, you know, uh, Halloween rolls around, you're not able to get either all of the Halloween items or, you know, you're busy that night. So you're not going to really be able to play the game at all. That there was another way that you could obtain those things. So th I thought that was pretty cool that the game had that sort of uh, functionality with the password system. Man, I had all these cards and we moved and now I don't know where they're at. <laughs> I'm looking for them. But yeah, um, are, are, you, are, are you guys done talking what you wanted to say on this one? I have some memories. I'm um, pretty... Sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just saying I'm good. Uh, actually, no, I'm reading something here on Kite Room Floor. Apparently, Red also sold a blank NES, like the gen a generic console item. And whenever you try to use it, it would say, I want to play my NES, but I don't have any software. It turns out that in the past couple of years, they figured out that this item actually scans memory cards for special files that contain NES ROMs. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, on, I mean, on TCRF, it's actually showing the them playing Mega Man 1. But didn't the way it normally worked is um, the games were an entire console themselves you put down in your house? Yeah. Yeah, so it was like you had... You had to, if you wanted all the games, you had to have room for them. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, um, man, I have a lot of uh, memories about this game. I'm, I'll go ahead and preface and say I'm really not that much of an Animal Crossing fan anymore. I've tried over the past few years to get back into it, and it's just, I don't know, I just think the genre is not for me anymore. Um, part of what was so special about it was when I was a teenager and really younger than that probably when I, when I first got it, it was probably about 13 12 or 13 so just barely a teenager but uh it was just having all this time especially during the summer to do these real time events and it was uh it was such a cool experience to have like a town that you shared because i had each town could have or each animal crossing town could have four different houses that player houses you couldn't all play at the same time, but you shared like a community board and stuff. And me, my cousin, my my mom and my dad would all play and like leave little messages and stuff on the board. And we had like a, a town orchard and it, it was just like the coolest thing to me as a, as a kid um, getting to do that kind of community thing. And, and then even on top of that, if if somebody else had a town, you could put their memory card in the uh, second slot and then get on the train and go visit their town. And that was, that was like mind blowingly cool going to other towns to get like rare fruit and bring back to yours to sell uh, for like what two or three times the value of, of your native fruit. Um, I, I just, 
I'm trying to think of like all the little memories I had, but it, basically it was just, I think that the thing that sticks out in my mind the most is when I brought it home uh, the first night, it was really late at night when I played it and it was in the winter. So like the town was all snowy and stuff. And I just remember thinking how cool it was. Like you, there was an igloo. I don't remember if you built the igloo or if somebody else built the igloo or if it was just there in the winter, but you go inside the igloo and, and I, I find myself after winter pass, like wanting it to get back to winter in the game just uh just experience like that again but i didn't want to cheat because i don't know i just felt more realistic that it followed a real-time clock i didn't want to change the clock to whatever season i wanted to visit Uh, but yeah those nes games my cousin and i played a ton of them and i had a lot of the cards and that game was how i discovered punch out which is one of my favorite nes games even to this day we played so much punch out and animal crossing nice all right. Uh, anybody else have anything about the original before we uh, move ahead in the series? The music's the best in the original. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> K.K. Slider. K.K. Slider. Yeah. If they had a soundtrack pack that you could buy for New Horizons on Switch, I would probably play it a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't like that 2 p.m. music that plays in New Horizons? <laughs> uh, I don't have a problem with the modern music. It's just not the same. Yeah, I I can uh, sympathize with that. I didn't start with the original, but when with Wild World, there's really no, there really hasn't been any other Animal Crossing soundtracks that compare to me for Wild World or City Folk, since they both use the same uh, music for the most part. Yeah, it's probably like, here in the originals are good too, but I there's just something about uh, Wild Worlds that I really like because it's it's has nice melodies, but it's kind of quiet too. You know, let you absorb yeah. your surroundings. It's probably whatever uh, person the person was first introduced to. Like to me, the GameCube is just like that is Animal Crossing's theme music to me. But uh, I'm sure it's the same way. Like for you, with the the first ones that you played, is it just sticks out in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and you know, like I'm not like saying like oh I don't like the GameCube yeah. music. I think from hearing that soundtrack and like watching videos and stuff, there's some songs where I hear them. And it's like oh yeah, that's. You know, that's a pretty catchy one or, you know, that that, you know, that totally fits the mood. I, I will say that from having played, you know, different games of the series that typically the music does a pretty good job, you know, matching the mood of each game or like, you know, mm-hmm. how just using New Horizons for an example, um, you know, since it's supposed to be, you know, this big new entry on the GameCube or on the, on the GameCube on the Nintendo Switch that, you know, features a lot of uh, new features like the island decorating and stuff, you know, having this more um it's not full orchestra, but these arranged pieces with real instruments and stuff kind of gives it its own vibe. Whereas like with the yeah. GameCube and N64 originals, you know, they have, you know, it's more of that top down, almost diorama sort of look. So the music matches that sort of style pretty well, I think. If you guys get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the Switch version has great music. Um, there's a there's a, a Doom Animal Crossing crossover uh music video that came out back when the game came out that i think is just fantastic that you guys should listen to after the podcast is over oh yeah there i love the isabel and doom guy mm-hmm. um crossover pictures and like the silly animation stuff you know it's just one of those things it's like well that's really weird but at the same time it's really funny because like my favorite one that i've seen is where um I, I, maybe it's the same one you're talking about too us but there's one where like it shows isabel like fighting off the demons with uh the doom slayer and then it cuts to uh isabel handing the doom slayer a present like wrapped up like <laughs> you know they're they're in animal crossing village she has like this present wrapped up she hands it up to him 
and she's got a big smile. He opens it up, and it just has like best friends on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah all it's, pretty, the, it's pretty silly. It's, all those <laughs> crossover memes were just excellent when those two games came out. And now, the, now the funny thing is that um, with uh, today being uh, Tuesday, when the last uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, Direct happened, uh, we actually found out that Doom Guy was added into Smash as one of the me costumes. So now you can officially team up Isabel and Doom Guy together whenever you play Smash. So dreams do come true for some people. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a meme that's never going to die yeah. at this point. <laughs> I wish they would it's, it's coincide their good. releases. I wish they would coincide their releases for the rest of the those two franchises' life. Oh, that would won't. be so funny if they that happened. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great if like um. New Horizons got like some big update, and just by chance, like that's when you know the next like update or DLC for like Doom Eternal or a brand new Doom game or re release or something comes out. That'd be really funny. <laughs> yeah, parents would throw a fit, so we probably won't ever see anything like that. But if it were any other, you know, if the two franchises were the same rating, I guess you probably might actually <laughs> see something like that. <laughs> it would have been great if on Doom Eternal's um switch release if they snuck isabel in there somewhere like just as like a like a little keychain thing that happens to be on one of your guns you know not, not like her actually fighting things but just like as a funny little item you could pick up or something like those, oh, there's uh, a bobbleheads that you could find of the doom guy <laughs> there's a mod in doom 2 to have isabel follow along and help you out and she'll like throw you presents and stuff it's pretty great. Oh, hilarious that's great <laughs> that's pretty funny Okay, well, um, since we kind of mentioned Wild World, I will talk about that one real quick. Um, So Wild World came out on the DS in 2005, and this was one that I wanted to get, because at that point with the DS, I really did not have that many games for it. I think by that point, the only games that I really had were, um, uh, like I think, it was uh, Super Mario 64 DS, I had um, Mario Kart DS, and I think think the other one by that point was probably just Nintendogs. So I really did not have that many games for the system. So I was like, I need to, you know, find something else. And because at that point I was mainly still like focused more on Nintendo published games, I didn't really pay attention to like a lot of the third party stuff or anything like that. So when Animal Crossing uh, Wild World was announced, which is the DS entry, I thought, oh, you know, that'll be one to check out. That might be interesting. And it was the, like I said, it's the first game I ended up playing. And as I said before in the original, you know, I knew the GameCube one was out there, but just gaming choices were kind of limited. So when the game came out for the DS, I'm like, you know what? You know, I need something new. You know, I'll give this series a try. I never played the GameCube one, so we'll we'll go with Wild World, see how that is. I definitely have to say that I was surprised how the game worked when I first played it. I didn't realize when I was reading up about it that it was going to be based on like real world time. I really just always kind of assumed it was just one of those games where, you know, it would always be daytime or, you know, time would only pass when you let it. You know, I wasn't used to games that kind of ran on a real real world clock or had a real like sense of like time progression like that. Uh, Only one I could even think of at that point that I would have played with that sort of feature was Majora's Mask on the N64 from the Legend of Zelda series. And even that one doesn't like run on real world time at all with how the in-game clock progresses. Um, But I, you know, even though it was a really different experience, I really did enjoy it. It was fun, uh, you know, figuring out, you know, how to play, you know, how you earn money, you know, meeting your... uh, animal neighbors and everything like that and this was actually one that i played a lot with my cousins you know everybody and their grandma in this case in my case literally my grandma had a ds you know everybody owned the system so it was pretty easy 
you know, to either meet up with my cousins at like family get togethers or, you know, when I'm at their house or something, we'd pull out our DSs and we'd visit each other's towns and, you know, you know, just explore around, you know, trade fruit or items, things like that. And uh, it was always funny whenever you would go over to. <laughs> and so in Animal Crossing Wild World, everybody uh, who happened to play the game had to share a house together so if you like say shared the game with like your brother and sister you know all three of you would be in the living in the same house and if you would ever go upstairs you would see uh the other people who are not active in the game just all sleeping in their beds <laughs> so it was really funny whenever i would play with one of my cousins who also shared the game with her sister we would i would end up going into her house go up to the top floor uh, you see a person just lying in the bed there and no won't wake up no matter what you do <laughs> Like, they're going through a sleep animation, but they just will not respond to anything. Or, like, if you try and, like, push the bed or anything. <laughs> so, the Wild World was one that didn't have a lot of the events that um, the GameCube release had. I don't know if it's just because of system limitations or if they just wanted more of a broad, broader appeal. Since it was on the DS, you know, a lot of people had that system. But uh, Wild World only had, like, a few events. It did have and what something I honestly wish was still in the Animal Crossing games, uh, the Acorn Festival where you would find all of these different uh, varieties of acorns, you know, scattered across uh, your town. You could find them in trees. You'd find them on the ground. They'd be buried. And, and whenever you turn them into the not mayor, uh, Cornimer, he would give you items based off of the fungi series. And that was probably one of my favorite things to earn because when I, I remember getting all of those after playing Wild World a ton, like the first time uh, the Acorn Festival came along. So getting that full set and having that as like my upstairs bedroom was pretty cool because, you know, you have like this cool like mushroom lantern, a big mushroom table. You got a TV that's like um, kind of a bendy, windy looking one. Your bed looks like um, like a portobello mushroom. It, it, like, it was really it was like cool little features like that that really made me, you know, stick with the game and enjoy it so much. And what really sold me on the game, too, and just, you know, kind of opened my eyes to all the creative stuff you could do uh, was when Nintendo Power had this big article about the game that covered you know this full town decoration project that the guys there ended up doing where they made the town look like like it was floating on an ocean like they took the palette sprites that you can you know customize at the able sisters made ones that look like there were shark fins in the water made them look like there was like rocks sticking out of the water some with bubbles you know different sort of features like that and they ended up covering their this whole town with. They showed different screenshots of the stuff that they uh, put together with this. And even though you'd see like some of the villagers like walking across the water, <laughs> this uh, quote unquote water tiles that they had, it was still a really cool thing to see that there was something like possible like that with this game on the DS. It kind of you know blew my mind, and I read through it over and over again. And I tried to create something like that myself by making my town you know kind of themed after a Mario Party board. So it was definitely a game that I put a lot of time into and one that I definitely got invested in. I loved uh, getting like some of the surprise uh, Nintendo items from connecting to Wi-Fi or like playing online with others or uh, when visiting, you know, my cousins, like you'd end up then having a case where uh, this little cat girl would be stuck in your town and she'd be like, I can't find my mom. I need to get to blah, blah, blah. So you'd have to, you know, meet up with your friend or, you know, hop online and be like, oh, OK, we'll take you back home and or we'll take you to your mom because she's over in this town. She's like, oh, thank you so much. And then you get like a special item for it. Um, yeah, that's about my experiences with uh, the start of the series. Uh, any of you guys play Wild World at all? Any thoughts on it? I yeah. played it. Time. I oh. played it some back in high school. Same here back in college. We didn't really do it too crazy, but we enjoyed it. 
It was uh, my senior year of high school, and I remember sharing uh, a save with my high school girlfriend at the time. Yeah, I shared a file with uh, one of my stepbrothers, so I would uh, I wouldn't play it too much. But yeah, that was, it was the first one that I had played. I mean, you know, they had told me about the GameCube one, but that was, you know, the first one that I... I didn't get too far into it, but uh, I enjoyed what I played. I, I really feel like it is suited for a handheld, um, you know, more than, like, GameCube and and the Wii and stuff like that. You know, just the pick-up and play, you know, for 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day really fits the handheld um, better. Yeah, I agree. You know, does anyone remember using those... Uh... Stupid Nintendo branded Wi-Fi dongles to connect to the Wi-Fi. Yep. <laughs> Playing Animal Crossing with them. I think I used it for Pokemon, but uh, I remember that. I ended up buying an entire router. Actually, the first time I got Wi-Fi was just to play uh, Mario Kart DS, and so that's how I started you know, connecting with Wildwood myself. Hmm. <clears throat> actually, yeah, Wildwood was actually kind of like my one game that actually got me into online gaming. Actually, come to think of it. Um, it was kind of like my first online experience with actually socializing, interacting with our players. And I think that kind of set the flood, helped set the floodgates for my MMO addiction. <laughs> uh, Animal Crossing was your start, but also your downfall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think this one was kind of like my case with um, you talking about the original one, Oz, where, you know, it's the first game I played and was one that I got really into and really, you know, made the most out of it. Yeah. And I, I think with this series and like even with like Harvest Moon and some of these other like life sim games and farming ones, you know, if it's like your first one, you could get really into it. And, you know, you just get I wouldn't say yeah. addicted, but, you know, you, you keep thinking about ways you can improve your um, uh, your save file, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned Harvest Moon, like that has a very special place in my memories. And so does the original Animal Crossing. Like what you mentioned about uh, how you're blown away by the real time clock in wild world that's the way i was with with the the gamecube one but you know i have some memories about the ds version as well like i said i, I played it with my high school girlfriend a lot and sort of got that same you know shared town feeling that i did with the gamecube one although not to the same degree um uh, i i do agree that the, the series does better on a handheld like obviously the switch version speaks for itself but there were some uh, improvements in this version, the DS version, that were pretty apparent compared to the GameCube version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird because like Wild World had a lot of uh, improvements, but then it had some like weird steps back too because like it got rid of a lot of the holiday events for some reason yeah. and like you just had like like a few just like generic ones or like i know the one that everybody kind of makes fun of is one that's called yay day where all you're supposed to do is like go talk to your villagers and you write them a compliment like that's it <laughs> and it's just prob- other weird stuff like that <laughs> they probably had to cut some stuff just uh for cartridge space well that's what i figure and i think and i could be wrong on this but i my guess is they did some of that too because you know they wanted to have this one have a bit more of a broader appeal so they didn't really include you know specific holidays or you know things like that for different regions so they could kind of make it more of a universal release so to speak i guess yeah i don't really know how else i'd put it other than that but you know it could be also there was just you know limitations with the ds cartridges too you know yeah, that makes sense. I remember, I remember that tech, like the technical aspect of this game, was impressive to me uh, because I'd known it as a GameCube game, and and realizing that the DS could 
play games that were, you know, almost basically just N64 games. Because, uh, I mean, really, the GameCube game was just an improved version of the N64 original, the Japanese original. Uh, it was pretty impressive that the, 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 the Nintendo DS could pull this off. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, let's see. I really don't have a whole lot to say on City Folk or New Leaf. I didn't really put a whole lot of time into those ones compared to uh, Wild World and you know the next one, um, New Horizons. Uh, do any of you guys have anything you want to say about City Folk or New Leaf before we jump into New Horizons? I skipped City Folk, so I have nothing to say about it. I did play it for a week, but that was like five years ago. Yeah, um, I, I got the uh, the New Leaf. That was a 3DS one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I bought it. I bought it. Played it for about. 30 minutes realized the animal crossing really wasn't my thing anymore. And then, uh, never played it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, city folk was kind of weird. I mean, I did get some time out of it in, in high school with some of my buddies, but honestly there were some weird encounters with that too. And not, I'm not going to oh, tell tell the full stories, but basically one of my friends was a little picky about whenever you did town visits about what you could and couldn't do. So it just kind of soured my experience with the game. So eventually I just kind of shelved it. And with uh, New Leaf, you know, I was really excited for it because I'm like, oh, this will be, you know, like the DS one. And it really it's a cool concept, too, because you come in uh, Tortimer, who's the mayor uh, from the from the previous games. He's like, well, I'm retiring. You're the new mayor now. Congratulations. And he ends up going off to live on a tropical island. And you that's when you start working with Isabel. You start work making like uh, town projects and things like that. And I really thought for sure this would be one that I would get into back when I first uh, got it. And weirdly enough, it really wasn't. It's really only been one that I've played like in summer times when I would play on my 3DS more and more. But I would only play it just like in like uh, July or August. But I would never want to pick it up in like the fall time or the winter or anything because I never had that sense of like, oh yeah, I want to go back to the game. And it's weird because I never thought the game was bad by any means. It just didn't grab me as I was expecting it to, you know? Was this one, uh, how popular was it? Well, I think this was one of like the one of well before uh, New Horizons. It was like one of the popular ones because I remember uh, reading back in the day that like in Japan alone, like this game pretty much sold like 50 50 for like who was buying it. Like a lot of women were buying it. A lot of men were buying it. Like it was very popular. I don't know how popular it was over here in the States, but as far as I know, it, it did pretty well for itself. Yeah, I I guess I I just I I was going to say I didn't remember many people talking about it, but I probably just blacked it all out because, like I said, I don't know. I just uh, maybe it's aging or whatever, but this is when the series stopped holding much interest for me. I think it's the real time clock really is like I felt like there was nothing to do. And the way you're supposed to play Animal Crossing is like in short bursts anyway. Uh, And that's just uh, that just wasn't a thing anymore. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of that way, too, where it's like I'll get really into the games for like one to two months, maybe playing them like every day and then i'll just stop completely i mean that happened you know once we get to new horizons and stuff like that we can go more into that you know where they kind of just stopped updating it but i remember for uh new leaf when they added the amiibo support that's when i ended up coming back again for a few more months but you know it it just kind of just faded away from me kind of lost interest in it yeah i'm the same way that that was a big update too i don't know i have never uh updated my game with the um a welcome amiibo update that they put out for it but i remember watching the announcement for it it's like man they added a ton of stuff with that it's crazy 
but it just didn't make me feel compelled to go back to it. <laughs> yeah, I, and they released all the Amiibo cards and stuff like that, and I was tracking those things down. And, you know, yeah, it, you know, it was a good two months and stuff like that. And they gave you, like, the option to, like, basically restart your town. You know, like, you could you do something, and, like, Tom Nook would, like, basically, like, evaluate your town and give you, like millions of bells to basically just like catch yourself back up but uh even then yeah it wasn't enough to, to keep me that interested in it i think you get like daily tasks and stuff like that um kind of added in that stuff and you know you could go to the to little hippy dippy uh campfire place i don't remember what the hell the guy's name was but uh you know you get special items and stuff but you know that that's what i remember about new leaf yeah, I remember with that update in particular, like, and I'm really surprised that they didn't implement this in New Horizons. If you use certain amiibos of Nintendo characters, there would be uh, animal-fied versions of them uh, you could possibly get as villagers for your town. Like, there was yep. one of, like, Wolf Link from Twilight Princess. My yep. favorite one was that there was a pig named Ganon, which was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is still in New Horizons. Um, you can invite them to be, uh, well, they come to like the, the campground, uh, and then you have to like, you basically have to like get lucky with them. Um, like to be like, oh, you need to like play a game and like, what card do I have in my hand? And it's, it's really just luck based, you know, but yeah, they do still have that. Um, cause yeah, that was what I was doing with the amiibo cards was just tracking them down. And I remember some were like, yeah, you, know, you get some for like a dollar, but some were going for like 20 bucks, like Drago and stuff like that. Uh, Rolled became really big in New Horizons. Um, so there were definitely, you know, people's favorites that were more expensive. Yeah, mm -hmm. I believe the Anka card went up for like 50 bucks at one point. Yeah. Oh my so, God. Yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Just Can you imagine like if that'd be really funny if Nintendo put a reference to that for the character and be like, yeah, you know, I'm really famous in some ways, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just like just random like dialogue when you talk to him. It's like, yeah, I'm really famous for some reason. Everybody always <laughs> wants me around. I can't figure out why. <laughs> But speaking of, um, well, since Derpy brought up New Horizons, uh, we should probably talk about that one because that was one that um, both Twinkie and I have put a ton of time into. Uh, oh, Twinkie, absolutely. how about you go ahead and start off and, you know, tell us about your thoughts on New Horizons and your time with the game. Uh, despite the fact that it's my most played game, Animal Crossing game, I'm close to a thousand hours on it now, but I'm kind of conflicted on it. Um, and this kind of goes back to what you guys were talking about with New Leaf is like, it's not that I don't think the game is like not, well, I guess it's not appealing to me anymore, but it's not because of what they're doing with the game, but it's what the lack of. They, like with New Horizons, they started pushing the whole customization stuff with terraforming, you know, making um, bridges and stuff like that. And I think that's great. But the thing that bothers me is that it feels like they got a lot of these life sim elements that I absolutely loved about Animal Crossing over the years and just kind of like put it on the back burner or just didn't put much thought into it. Because I remember playing even the original Animal Crossing. I would talk to my villagers every day and they'd always have something different and unique to say. Sometimes, you know, you get repeats, but like after a month of playing New Horizons, they started saying the same stuff um, and stuff like that. And also they don't do things like they did in New Life, like they don't come visit your house and talk with you and hang out. They don't do any of that stuff. And I think that's kind of one thing that turns me away from New Horizons is just it's just a lack of taking away that life sim aspect of it. It's a great game. I love it. I love customizing. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like New Horizons has taken like a lot more steps back and forward for me in that aspect. So a thousand hours 
what do you do in all that time? I think <laughs> I put maybe like that's an, an honest question. Like I put maybe fifty or sixty hours in. I think, right, and right. you know, I was just 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 running and you know i wasn't doing anything like what do you do well, all that time yeah if you looked at look if you looked at my island and how undeveloped it is you'd yeah everyone asks that question but um oh it's not undeveloped where are you oh there's about? a lot of areas i need to work on but um <laughs> i played the game um because when you know the pandemic happened so i really didn't have much going on with you know social distancing so i needed something to kind of add some structure to my daily routine and new horizons came out at the perfect time for that because it gave me something to do and for the first couple months i was super super into the game i was constantly like trading furniture online um that took up a lot of time i was constantly looking up design ideas um copying design ideas and stuff like that but i think honestly the biggest time sink that i had with the game is that you have these two special npc um visitors that come flick and cj i believe and you can give them three of one fish and they'll give you a model of it and i have this really bad perfectionist attitude with animal crossing games where i'm trying to get every single item i want to complete the catalog and everything so i tried to catch three of every single fish and bug in the game and some of the rare ones took me countless hours to get so out of the 1000 hours like i think that's what took up most of the time is just countless fishing and bug catching trying to get those duplicates <laughs> but oh, that's crazy uh, yeah it yeah. took a long time yeah there are definitely some um bugs and particularly fish that can be real pains in the ass to get multiples of i can tell you from i i got super lucky with this game and i've ended up catching enough colacants to turn into um uh, CJ to make a model and I got the model for that just by coincidence I got that this morning because he was at my town yesterday and you want to know I was expecting the colacanth model was going to be pretty damn big just because of the size of the um, fish when you catch it from the uh, the ocean that colacanth model is super small and I was honestly very disappointed about that it's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah because if you get the some of the insect ones the insects one they have some of the, uh, like the Atlas moth, they have like what they call grand models, I think they're called. Yeah, they're and they're like really thing. huge and they look really nice, but the fish ones are just kind of like there, you know? Yeah, it's just so, it, it's so boring. I was like so disappointed with how small that, that colacanth one was. So just to be a smart ass, I put the colacanth on top of another colacanth tank I happen to have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a little baby one sitting on top. But, um, <laughs> um, so New Horizons, uh, for my case, and thank you, uh, by the way, Twinkie, you know, for sharing uh, with us, you know, your experiences and everything. Um, with New Horizons, you know, this was one that, de like I said, uh, way at the beginning, it definitely made a splash in 2020 with a lot of people because of the social distancing and everybody being stuck at home because of COVID and all that stuff going on. And, and you know, in Twinkie's cases, he told us, you know, it kind of gave him a sense of a daily routine since he wasn't able to really go anywhere. And I think a lot of people would be able to relate to that. Uh, in my case, I knew about the game and a you know, ton of discussion was going on, like on the Dragon's Den itself and other places. was never really one that I um, was like jumping at the gun to go and get, but I eventually did get it. Um, what was it? I got it for Christmas uh, in 2020, and I started up the game at the beginning of January because I was like, oh, I'll just wait for the new year to roll around and, you know, we'll get the game started then. Um, it's, let's see, it's started that like October. 
uh, January 2nd, and it's October... What day is today? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. fifth, October 5th, thank you. Um, today, today's October 5th, and I've already put like 400 hours into the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, as uh, impressive as Twinkies count, but I don't think I've ever really had that where I've played a game for that much time in less than a year. <laughs> But, I mean, it kind of is like the same case with Twinkie, where, you know, with the wintertime and when I started up and with work and, you know, all that stuff with all the COVID things going on, even still uh, now, there were just times where I just would have to be at home and I just, you know, it kind of gave me a bit of a routine when I couldn't really go anywhere. Um, I couldn't really get, like I said before, I didn't really get that deep into City Folk or New Horizons, but for, or excuse me, I didn't really get that into City Folk and New Leaf, but New Horizons, it's really confusing since if you have two games in the series with new in their name, (laughs) um, uh, but New Horizons was one that really clicked for me and I'm not really even sure why, but it just like, I had that same like sense of, um, connection, so to speak, like I had with Wild World, like way back in the day. Um, I really, really was happy about like all the island customization you could do, like putting around different items, like you know changing the landscape with extra water or cliffs, whatever you wanted to do. Um, there was just this constant, you know, there's the constant stream of guests to your island, rather than like how in the older games it was just more so, you know, oh, just by sheer chance, like every like four days there might be a new person, or like oh, this person, random person shows up. Now it's where you always can expect a special guest like every single day. I kind of like that routine. And even though it's, you know, completely random, I still like that. Um, I really enjoy that there's you know, a ton of events in the game now. And like even when like I happen to play the game on my birthday and you know the, even the game for that one, like in the past games, it's just the, some villagers just show up and they're just like, oh, you know, here, happy birthday. Here's some uh, here's a gift for you. Uh, and this one, they actually, you know, go beyond that. And they're like, hey, you know what? Come over to such and such's house. We got something to show you. And you walk in there, like the lights are on. They got like a whole party decorated for you. So it was really, it's cool that they, you know, took a lot of the events and really pushed them, like pushed the boundaries of what you could do with them. Um, I will say that from all the time that I've played the game, though, my biggest gripe by far is that they added breakable tools. That was just <laughs> so, so dumb. You know, I get that they added the crafting, and I do like the crafting. I like that you can, you know, create a lot of these special items and things like that, and there's tons of ways you can get recipe cards, or, you know, if you collect a certain enough amount of a material, your character will be like, oh, you know, I have some ideas uh, I could use um, uh, these rocks for, I could use this uh, iron ore for. But, oh my god, whoever decided that, oh, breakable tools, that's a good idea. Whoever put that in needs to just be taken to the back room and just be told don't do that that's not very good (laughs) because i there were so many times and so many times this happened even like playing it just recently where you're in the middle of like trying to catch fish or you're trying to you know hit rocks to get you know ore or rocks or trying to find a gold nugget or something like that and your shovel just immediately breaks and it like throws off um uh, your uh, routine then because then you have to go make a new shovel or you have to go and buy a new one from uh, Nook's Cranny. I really, really wish that the golden tools, I, I, there is a way that you can like revitalize an item, so to speak, if you custom, <clears throat> if you customize it by changing the color with one of the customization kits, but you can't do that with the golden tools. And I really don't understand why the golden tools were not like your reward, you know, for going through all that. And they like a permanent upgrade. So you didn't have to keep, you know, remaking uh, every, you know, every fishing rod you break or every um, 
bug net you break you know it's it's that's really my biggest gripe with the game by far it's just that i I don't get why they implemented that and i really think it just kind of takes away from the game and i it's probably because they added in the crafting thing but i really don't like that i really wish that the golden tools had been you know like the permanent upgrade that you could get so you didn't have to worry about your stuff breaking all the time you know other than that, I really do like New Horizons. Like I said, I got I've gotten a ton of time out of it. It's been fun to just keep like popping the game. And like recently, I've just been going in and like I added like some paths in my village. I've um, done some redecorating. You know, now that I'm in the, I set my island in the southern hemisphere instead of the northern hemisphere. So even though it's Halloween going on right now, I also have uh, cherry blossom trees. So you have this kind of weird contrast of Halloween <laughs> and springtime. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've really enjoyed that there's, you know, all these customization features now in the game. And really, that's what I've enjoyed going back to it more and more and why I put so much time into it. Because originally, I, when I made my island, I wanted to base it off of a starred island from Dragon Quest Seven, And, you know, I had a theme idea going into it for how I want to design stuff. But now, really, I just kind of just, you know, do whatever I want to. And, like, now recently, because of the Halloween stuff and recipes, I've been decorating my island with, like, pumpkins and you know, skeletons, like these gravestones, things like that to kind of give it that sort of Halloween vibe. And I, I really enjoy that the game has that ability of customization because that's something like like with Wild World in that article I brought up, that's something that really caught my eye and made me really want to get into Animal Crossing more and more. So I'm really glad that they've, you know, gone a, a step above and beyond to let you do that sort of thing in New Horizons. And um, I think that's about it for my notes on that one. Yeah, I'll just jump in real quick, too, and, you know, I know you guys meant, you know, you talked a lot about routine. That was the thing for me as well, Uh, you know, checking in before going to work. I mean, I was furloughed for a little bit, uh, but I remember, you know, pre-ordering the game, playing it, you know, at midnight when it came out and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was definitely a a morning routine and stuff like that. I got into uh, selling the Nook Mild tickets, was able to pay off my loan. I had never done that in an Animal Crossing game, but uh, paid off my loan pretty easily. And, yeah, it was just a nice thing to kind of check in with. Um, And I know they're having a direct some point during this month. So I'm wondering, you know, what they can add to really bring people back in. Um, Yeah, so I've played a little bit of this. I didn't get it. Um, when it came out at the start of the pandemic, but I got it uh, last fall, I think, um, primarily because my wife wanted to play it. And, you know, any game that she wants to play, I'll gladly play along with her if it's got multiplayer functions, just to have a game to play with her with. But um, again, it, Animal Crossing really isn't my thing anymore. Uh, this one, I mean, I definitely see how it's probably the best in the series. It's got, you know, the terraforming, which is great. It's got, all these extra online features and crafting and just all this extra cool stuff. Um, the thing I've noticed about it is how is all the social events that you can do, like going to other people's islands and like, oh gosh, during the pandemic, people were having virtual parties uh, in Animal Crossing because they couldn't do it, you know, in real life. And and I I've played, I've gone to other people's villages, primarily um, Nawarias from you know does the dragon quest 10 videos she's been on the the slime time prime podcast a bit i've gone to her village for different community events and stuff that she streamed and even though i'm not crazy about the series anymore like just getting to do those sort of social things is definitely pretty fun and shows the game's strength that even for somebody who isn't super into the mechanics anymore can still find something that's pretty pretty interesting to do i think 
right before I quit playing, I, I set myself the goal of recreating the the hometown from Dragon Quest V in it. And uh, I got fairly far in terraforming and stuff. And I don't know, I guess I just lost my desire to keep going, um, mainly because of my wife stopped playing. And, and uh, I don't know, I'd seen some other people do the same town, and they did a much better job than I could ever hope to do. <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, overall, I, I definitely see how this game got so popular, and the only thing I think it's missing is an official Doom crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, that's what this game needs more than anything. Yeah. I mean, we, we now have, like we said before, we now have a Doom Guy me costume coming to Smash Brothers, so let's right. take it a step beyond and have an official um, Doom Guy costume in Animal Crossing. <laughs> Let's get some Doom furniture in. I want to get like a Cyber Demon statue or something, you know? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Throw Isabel, and I don't mean off a cliff. (laughs) Just get a rocket launcher so if Red tries to sell you forgeries, you can just blast them off. Oh boy. But yeah, like you talking about um, events and get togethers, Aust, um, I've actually played this one a lot uh, with uh, both Woodus and, or Woodus, I guess is how his name is actually said, and with Twinkie, um, because like Twinkie's helped me out with getting, you know, different pictures or paintings that I need from Red whenever he goes to his town or he's come over to my town and he's helped me out too. Uh, same thing with Woodus, where we've kind of done some item trading and he's helped me get some stuff that I was looking for and, you know, vice versa. And I, you know, it is fun to pop the game in. And even if you just play it for a little bit with like a buddy and, you know, help him out with something or just kind of explore around your islands and kind of share like, Oh, this is, you know, what I've you know designed this for and this and that, you know, I think, I think that's a fun part is when you just get to like share that stuff with other people and, you know, whether they, uh, say something or not you know it's just i think i think that's one of my favorite aspects too is just kind of that uh community sense you can get or like you know just share it with somebody and be like hey you know come check this out or here here i found this thing that maybe you might want so it's that that's one of the reasons why i've liked um new horizons so much too because i've been able to get a lot more use out of the multiplayer than like i did with um wild world or excuse me i got more out of it than like wild worlds or even like uh, city folks where you know i had more um or where it, like started out with the online functionality but yeah, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think it came out in the perfect time for that because uh, when I first got the game, um, a lot of my older like high school friends I haven't talked to in years were actually playing it. So a lot of like old high school friends I haven't talked to in years were playing it. And I think it helped out a lot during the pandemic to kind of, you know, help each other out. We was always giving us tips, always fishing at each other's islands. I think it was really great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I know we need to move on, but I really I think that was uh, the pandemic. Did they plan to release this uh, right once? Uh, or was this release date planned um, before the pandemic happened? Yes. So. Okay. Like yeah, when it, the Nintendo for... Direct happened in 2019, uh, Nintendo said they had to delay the game, but they were planning for a March 2020 release. Yeah, well, I, so, knew they, I knew they had re- they had released um, and decided to like things that they were planning on having released. They just added in later. Um, I, I read that somewhere, and that actually kind of worked to elongate people's enjoyment of the game because these events just sort of happened as time went on. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't add some seasonal events until this, that season came around. Correct. Correct. Right. So, yeah. And that really couldn't happen with any other type of game uh, except one that's based on real time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not really a huge fan of the whole games of service thing, but I feel like New Horizons is like a game that's pretty well designed for it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think they did part of that too because they didn't want people abusing like time travel because it, it's something we that uh, actually us you touched on it a teeny bit, but apparently that's a really big issue with Animal Crossing that some yeah. people like abuse the hell out of that. It's an ongoing stuff. dispute with the fandom. But you know, the game is is it's not really truly single player anymore uh, but uh, my logic is for a single player game at least the way the gamecube was one was uh play it however you want um all right exactly you know if you want to time travel to your heart's content go ahead uh i didn't i didn't enjoy playing the game that way but i don't know with uh, animal crossing being as online as it is i'm not sure where my my stance on that would lie yeah. Time travel was never really something I used anyway with the series. Like the only time I think I've ever actually done it was when um the fireworks stuff was going on in August and I happened to I, like every weekend I kept missing the chance to see, you know, how it starts off. And I remember messaging Twinkie and I'm like, I finally time traveled because I wanted to see how this damn thing starts. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm tired of missing this, man. I want to see it. I don't care if it's short and sweet. I don't care. I want to see it at least one time. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty strictly anti-time travel myself, too. But I kind of broke that rule a couple times because in New Leaf because I was trying to do the events. And I think it was the Easter event that I missed out on. So I'm like, eh, you know, if I time travel like four or five hours, you know. But I used to, uh, kind of going back to Classic, I had a, I shared my file with uh, three other friends, actually, because um, I was practically living at his house all summer. And, we would always constantly have arguments if we should time travel or not. So, uh, I can see it now. Who screwed up our freaking pumpkins? <laughs> Matt. <laughs> he did it. He's not watching football this weekend. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that about wraps up our discussion on Animal Crossing. I think we talked about that one a lot longer. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I, we, I didn't realize we were going to talk about that one. There's a lot that they wanted to go a while. <laughs> we each had memories from from like every entry in the series. We did. <laughs> uh, um, well, I think on that note, um, I do believe our guest, our, our host of honor, who was um, away at a game that... Uh, Drippy was not very happy about. Oh, no, I right. happy. He lost three to two to the Panthers, you loser. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I was sitting about 15 feet from Steven Stamkos the whole game. Oh, we is had he, gonna, a, he finally better now? Uh, apparently not. Um, they, they had a lot of starters out because, I mean, yeah, it's, still it's pre-season. the preseason. Makes sense. So I think about. Uh, Halfway through the second period, uh, we kept wondering what was going on because we were like in the middle deck um, and I had got front row seats kind of like in one of the middle decks, not in the lower bowl area. Yeah. And we kind of noticed there was a lot of people gathering kind of below us and they kept moving people on. And finally, at one point, my wife kind of leans over and looks to the right and the like luxury suite directly below us yet one over has got all the lightning players in it that weren't <laughs> playing there that night yeah <laughs> i oh, mean if awesome. i had if i had a hat i could have easily just tossed it down to the guy and yeah. probably got dragged out by security but uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I mean yeah they were they were 10 15 feet away so yeah for the rest of the game we kept leaning over like oh what did they think of that play what 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 are they doing is there's like five fights breaking out at once. Right. <laughs> well, I hope you had a good time. That's awesome. Oh, it was awesome. good. The kids yeah. loved it. Nice. So, yeah, I'm glad they came to my town instead nice. of having to drive all the way to Tampa for <laughs> a game for once. There you go. All right. Well, now that we have good old Platty back with us, I think it's time we uh, 
you know, we talked about that a little bit in the opening, or Drippy telling us all about um, Platy's unfortunate life events going on with his poor That's grandfather right. passing and everything. So, you know, I think it's time we finally make a trip down to Stardew Valley. Yeah, so, you know, we started the conversation off with Harvest Moon, and this game is absolutely inspired uh, by Harvest Moon. I think the creator has, has really talked about that, you know, uh, farming and, and relationships and stuff like that. But, you you know, you can do more with it. There's a, there's a whole dungeon crawling aspect, you know, you can go fishing and stuff like that. But, you know, this whole game was created by one person, um, Eric Baroni or uh, Concerned Ape. And uh, eventually, you know, the ports, um, and I believe, you know, there's a small update team were handled by uh, Chucklefish and um, as a publisher. And, and just, you know, um, they've been constantly updating it. So I think they're in version 1.5. And a few of the things that they have added are like different farming layouts. So you can have like a river farm or whatever for more fishing. You can have a mining one, one for more wood cutting or something like that. Uh, they actually added multiplayer as well. Uh, but it, so it for me personally, uh, it didn't click until I got it onto the Switch. Um, you know, it's got that perfect gameplay loop. So it's not a real time. Um, you know, each day I believe is like 12 minutes or something like that. I think every 10 seconds is like 10 minutes in game or whatever. Um, so I owned it on PC and PS4 and, and actually Vita as well. Um, but it wasn't until Switch and actually. Just kind of an aside, um, my PS4 copy is signed by Eric Baroni. I reached out to him on Twitter, and he was just really nice, and, and I was able to sign in my copy. Um, you know, I wrote him a nice little note. He, he wrote me a note back and stuff like that. But um, I specifically thanked him for uh, one of the characters in the game, Shane, um, his two-heart event. Uh, it, it really felt like, you know, the character was talking to me personally and not um, my character in the game. So more on that, every character, you know, there's bachelors and bachelorettes, um, you know, they have events where when you reach a certain, you know, heart level, I don't know, kindness or whatever you want to call it, but... You, know, you can see just small cutscenes that give a little bit more information about their backstory or who they are. Um, you know, so the way you do that um, is by you know giving them items and just talking to them every day. So the person that I usually go for is Leah, and I always win her love by giving her two salads a week because that's the max amount of <laughs> items you can give. And each character has likes and dislikes. Well, salads are really easy to obtain. You just buy them at the saloon. And I'm just like, here you go, Leah. And then, like, all of a sudden, she just loves me because she's like, wow, these salads are so great. Um, but anyways, on that, you know, Shane, uh, he's the other character that I really like. Uh, he's my drinking buddy. Whenever I see him at the saloon, I like to buy him a beer because I am horrible and feed his addiction. And then he becomes my best friend, and he helps me unlock blue chickens from my farm. Um, so, you know... Other than tending to your farm and building relationships and stuff like that, there's kind of an overarching goal, and that's to complete a collection of items and restore this community center that's, you know, abandoned, um, that the evil Joja Mart Corporation, so Walmart, you know, I think that wants to take over and use that for, like, their warehouse. You can actually side with them. Um, you can completely block yourself out of the good route, I'll say, you know, in quotes, um, where you're building up the community center, and you can actually oh, turn what it into evil a players do that? <laughs> I've done it. Evil, I've done it once. Yep, oh. evil bastards do that. That's who. 
okay. um, yeah, but um, I I really love this game. I mean, again, it didn't really click to me until I got the Switch. I don't know. I probably got like 60 hours on Switch, but I also have somehow like 60 hours on Vita as well. Um, and just kind of just further things more about like, you know, if you are interested in this game, I mean, I feel like if you're listening to this episode, you know what Stardew Valley is, you know what all these games that we're going to talk about. But I really recommend um, looking up Jason Schreier's book. It's called Blood, Sweat and Pixels. And it's about um, developments for specific games and stuff like that. And there's a chapter um, on uh, Stardew Valley, and it talks about Eric Baroni and basically how he he became a millionaire overnight. I mean, you know, he was making this game, and all of a sudden, boom, his game sells a million, do- you know, a million copies, fifteen bucks a pop, dude. You're you're fifteen million dollars, you know, up. So, you know, really, really great insight and stuff like that. Um, there's also a YouTube channel, um, probably not well known. It's called Worth a Buy. And if you just look up Worth a Buy Stardew Valley, it is probably the funniest review I've ever heard. It's just this British guy just going on about, you know, what the game is and stuff like that. And you think he's really going to hate it, but he he ends up, like, really loving the game. And it's just a really funny one, um, a really funny video to watch. But, yeah, Stardew Valley is absolutely one of my favorite games. Just the variety of things to do, you know, still updating it and stuff like that. A lot of, you know, fan art and stuff like that. It, it's a really great community. Um of people to to play a game with i'll cut in here while we're uh waiting to see who else wants to talk about this um as drippy said i've i'm pretty much just like you i think i've got like 60 or 70 hours on both my vita copy and my switch version and i think it was the vita copy that I got like right as the switch version came out because <laughs> I, I waited like two years to get a switch. So, but I got it the second it dropped on Vita and my goodness, I think it was, it, it never got updated. Um, other than a little update right afterwards. If you play the Vita version, you're still on version 1.1, but yeah, I'd love the heck out of it, man. I played it. It was all I played for about a month after I got it. And Gosh, what did I... There was a glitch on the Vita version. There are two different mines that you can go down. Uh, The second mine is where you start getting the highest level crafting stuff. And uh, what's that? Uh, what's the what's the really good ore? Uh, iridium, I believe. It's yes, I was going to say the purple one, the iridium. Uh, that's the, that's where you can get it. You can get it from the second mining area. And in the Vita version, there's a glitch that's still to this day never been glitched out or never been fixed because they, they released it as a 1.1, did a little patch after a week or two for some tiny little bugs. And then the Vita version hasn't been touched in three years and never will be. Um, like most people, yeah, they confirm they're not going to update it anymore. So yeah, it's still oh, stuck yeah. on that on that 1.0. <laughs> yep. But there's a glitch with that. When you go into that second mine, whatever the layout is of the first floor, you pretty every floor is like that, and it just repeats the same floor over and over again. Um, sometimes after about 15 or 20 floors, it will switch it up. Or if you fall down a hole and like drop 20 levels or something like that, you'll get a new. Um, design but holy cow i used to exploit that glitch all the time because i would just go run over there um on certain days and if it was a layout where i could find the stairs quickly then i could just keep i could fly down levels or if it was one that had iridium on the first floor then i knew i'd find a piece of iridium on every floor in that exact area so i'd pretty much go explore the first floor and if it was a really good one with a lot of good stuff to exploit i would spend i would just keep i'd almost pass out there practically just getting stuff um 
And then I did a Stardew Valley podcast, I think about two months ago, towards the end of August or maybe mid-August. And I hadn't played video games in a couple weeks. I was just burnt out. Joker 3 Professional burnt me out this summer. And I was like, I just need to read. I need to do Perler Bees or something. And then talking about Stardew Valley, um, just kind of like I see Matt Craft saying, like, I'm going to have to spend a couple hours starting this tonight. I... I Talking about it, I was like, you know what? During the podcast, I bought it for my Switch. And pretty much August, September, put another 70 hours replaying the game. Seeing a lot of cool stuff that, you know, suddenly I'm going from version 1.0 to 1.5. Like, oh, that wasn't in there what I played three years ago on Vita. That wasn't in there. That wasn't in there. And just seeing all the cool updates to it was really neat. And yeah, it was just, it, it was just like you guys have said on your other games. It was just routine and... You know, I knew where things were. I, I was getting surprised a little bit here and there, but it was just that routine of like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I know where this is going to happen. I know when that's going to happen. I know if I go talk to this person, um, I'm all about giving everybody a beer um, or there's just certain crops that I'll give to everybody all the time. Walk yep, around giving. obtained items are, yeah, great yep. to build quick relationships. And, um, oh gosh, I can't even think of her name now. The, the pink, not the pink, the purple haired gamer Have girl. Abigail. Yeah, yep. Abigail. I'm, yep. I'm always about Abigail. Yeah. I love it when she tells me I know how to handle a joystick. <laughs> <laughs> One of the hard events, you, you play video games against her, and if you can beat um, the little in-game, that little uh, shooting one with the cowboys. That journey of the um, Yep. She'll say something like, oh, wow, you really know your way around a joystick. <laughs> but that's that's not surprising. <laughs> Boom. You had me, Abigail. Yeah. Um, so everybody was listing off their play hours. Steam tells me that I have 324 hours in uh, the PC version. And then I know I have about another 70 on the Switch. Um, so it, it's it's no shock that this is my favorite game. It's definitely my favorite or it was my favorite game of the 2010s. Uh, it's definitely the best farming game like this that I've ever played it. It's miles above uh, Harvest Moon. Um, but let me uh, back up to how I discovered it. I bought this game on a whim the day after it came out. Um, I just saw it featured on the front of the Steam store. It wasn't out on any consoles yet. It just came out on PC. It, it sort of came out of nowhere. I know Eric Baroni had released um, some screenshots of it a couple years before, but there was no early access, No, uh, not a big fanfare about it. I just, I just discovered it one day. I was like, oh, this looks like Harvest Moon. And I bought it. And this was what February of 2016, I think, is when it came out. Um, uh, I was just checking that. Yeah, February 2016. Yeah, I remember. I remember getting it, and uh, I was work. I just started a new job, and I come home every night. Just that's all I did was play this game uh, until I had to go to bed. And I, <clears throat> I remember not feeling this way about a game since Harvest Moon 64. It brought back a lot of the same feelings I had when I first played that one. It tonally, I feel like it's very similar to that entry. Um, it, it has like all the events, you know, you get married. It, it, it seems to, it seems to harken back to that game uh, quite a bit. And I've seen others say that online as well. Maybe it's confirmation bias on my end since that's the harvest moon I started with, but it, it, to me, it, that's, it brings back a lot of the same memories 
is just so good in like every aspect that it attempts at like the combat the the crafting the the farming just all the relationships that you form with the other townspeople um the music is on point the the graphics are perfect for what they are like uh, i think this will age very very well all of the quality of life uh aspects you could ask for over previous games in the genre are just phenomenal in my opinion um and and he keeps adding good content to the game like i remember when they were te- when he was teasing multiplayer months and months and months before it actually came out like i wanted it so bad because this was a game that my wife enjoyed and i knew we would play together and and we have a lot since since that update has been applied we played a lot of multiplayer on the switch uh version of the game that's probably where most of my switch hours lies playing multiplayer with my wife um, I'm not sure what else I can say about it without praising it too hard. It's just it's uh, it's good at what it does. It's hard to go back to any previous games in the genre after playing it. Um, and I, I know there's a big modding scene, but honestly, you don't even need to touch the mods uh, and and still have a good time. I, I know there are probably tons of excellent mods, but like the game is is good on its own. It, it doesn't. It's not like Skyrim where I feel mods are necessary. Like I think think Stardew Valley stands on its own. That's pretty much all I have to say about it. Twinkie, you've played it? Yeah, a lot. Um, <laughs> I've only played it on PC, um, but I did log about... I just looked it up. I logged 330 hours into it, but yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, I haven't played... What was the recent patch? 1.5? Yeah. Yeah. I, I played 1, 1.4 and before, but I haven't played 0.5, but I, I really don't know what else to add that hasn't been said already. It, it's it's a really great game. I absolutely love it. Though the only one thing I will disagree on, and I have mentioned this before, is I don't like the combat that much. I feel like it's kind of shoehorned in a little bit, and it's just kind of boring to me, I guess. But outside of that, like I love almost every single aspect of this game, absolutely. And I probably put 250 hours into the vanilla version unmodded, and I haven't used like touch the surface of the modding community yet so i can't even imagine how many hours you can actually put into this game when you start modding it so but i do absolutely love it yeah there's it looks like there's some quality mods out there but like you um when i started playing there there weren't a ton of mods because the game had just come out uh other than like portrait mods that's that's the only thing i really played around with at the time right right uh and there was a a fishing difficulty uh, adjuster mod that a lot of people were using because a lot of I hear a lot of complaints about the fishing, which yeah, it I can th- be pretty tough. I think it is tough. Yep. I think he's actually nerfed that in recent updates because uh, when I play it unmodded, like uh, it feels totally different to me than my memory of it. But I mean, it does get easier. I think when your fishing skill goes up. But yeah, I remember that being a big thing when the game came out. People talking about yeah the fishing and um, yeah I kind of agree with the with the combat kind of feeling tacked on I mean um, you know yeah you can you can go into the mines and stuff like that but I mean like I feel like if the only thing that you were doing was mining it, it could get a little boring so just adding that little bit of something else uh, to do down there adds just a little bit more of variety yeah it it would get boring if all you were doing was mining um, I don't feel like the combat is crucial to the game like it's not critical point uh in the game gameplay but it, it i think it's mainly just there to make my mining a little interesting you know spice things up definitely i i'd played so many rune factories that four of them before i even played this one 
I guess five rune factories. I played five different rune factories before I played this one. So even though, I mean, I love combat in the rune factories. Yeah, going back to this, it was like, okay, I'm kind of glad there's some combat here. But this is nothing compared to what I've seen in a similar game before. Yeah, it's not that I'm not opposed to it being in the game. It's just it feels like it's missing a layer or something to keep it more interesting for me anyways. It just feels a little too simplistic, you know, but that's fair. Every part, every other part of the game is so excellent. Right. And it's like polished to a shine that like having that kind of combat where everything else is so amazing. You're just like, all right, let's go into combat. And you're just like, oh, all right. Yeah. So this is a thing. (laughs) Yeah, not, Not that it's horrible, but I think it pales in comparison to the polish that's put on all the rest of the game. I've never played Rune Factory. Uh, I, I know that it has combat. Is that better than Stardew Valley's? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big aspect of the game. It's half the game. Whereas Stardew Valley, it's attack on. Rune Factory is built around it. You've got most of them have six or seven different kind of weapons. And there's crafting where like Rune Factory 4 itself has something like 450 different weapons, I want to say. Maybe not that many, but it's in the hundreds. And there's like seven different types of weapons. You're, you're kind of talking like Monster Hunter. You get yeah. to pick the style of battle you want to do. Like, do you want to swing a broadsword? Do you want to be someone who's shooting arrows? Do you want to, you know, have a sword and a shield? You know, you're picking your your combat type and doing it. That's probably why it never bothered me is I didn't have any expectations set up by Rain Factory. Mm-hmm. So with with you saying all that now, Platty, I guess now this is going to be more than a perfect time to do a Monster Hunter episode, right? <laughs> you know, I think there's like another hockey game. I'm going to get off of here. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I could tell some stories about Monster Hunter, because let me tell you, I got some stories about it. Do you have two of them? I've got two stories. Oh, and that's right. it. <laughs> so anybody else want to talk Stardew Valley? Or if not, I have to head out because I need to go to bed for a little baby trippy. But I would like to thank everybody tonight, you know, for letting me co-host and stuff like that. And it's always a pleasure yeah, to for, talk to all of you guys. Thanks for filling in me for me at the beginning. Of course. There. Welcome. Yeah, it's good to have you on, Drippy. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, you take care, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think because Stardew Valley is like my favorite game, so I don't want to leave anything out. If, if that, but I think I said pretty much all I have to say about it. It's really good. <laughs> well, you know what? I actually got a question about Stardew Valley, just because you, you know you put so much time into it. So I've heard that after like a certain point that the game like kind of evaluates what you've done and like the uh, from like the three years or however much time passes does yeah. the game then like stop your progress you got to restart or are you able to continue on after that point it, it doesn't stop it it keeps going it it does sort of the uh, harvest moon 64 thing where your your dead grandpa comes back as a ghost and he's like here's how you did and and i think uh he was a little bit harsher in the 1.0 release, I think he changed the dialogue after some people complained that Grandpa was being too mean. But uh, <laughs> um, it, it doesn't it doesn't punish you. There's you know you, you you had a at least when I played it to completion, yeah there was a if you didn't do some things right or if your invisible score wasn't high enough, Grandpa would say something about it. But um, it doesn't punish you in terms of taking your progress away and making you start over you, you okay you and actually yeah. I, as the game stands currently like i think grandpa appears every year doesn't he and he 
evaluate. All you got to do is bring a uh, diamond up to his shrine. That's right. And yep. he will reevaluate you whenever you want. Mm, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, this is one that, you know, I've heard plenty about it over the years uh, since its release. I've never, well, I shouldn't say never. I started the game on my Vita. Um, didn't really get into it at the time, but I've always wanted to try and give it another shot. And I've been thinking about getting uh, the game on the Switch, like if it ever goes on sale or anything like that, or just if, you know, if I happen to uh, just feel like the urge, like, eh, I'll get the game. But, um, you know, I've always heard plenty of good things about it, seen plenty of good things that the guy's always constantly updating it and everything. And, you know, even though I'm not really into this kind, uh, particular genre of video games, it is one that, I, like, looking at it from, you know, an outsider's perspective, uh, and pretty much a newcomer to it, not counting, you know, my time with Animal Crossing. I was going to uh, say, wait a minute, you're you're a total newcomer at 300 hours? <laughs> 400 hours, Platty. Oh, 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 my bad. <laughs> my bad. I'll edit but, that out. But, I mean, w- what I... <laughs> What I meant uh, was that Animal Crossing, you know, doesn't have like the farming stuff going on yeah, yeah, for it, you know, not that kind of routine. You freaking smartass. <laughs> but, but, um, oh, you, you know, it's like past hour. <laughs> See, this is why we said you make such hurtful, like, tell Yangus to shut up comments at the beginning. <laughs> you, I mean, uh, anyway. you only said it because it's true. <laughs> The truth hurts, man. The truth hurts. Platy cuts deep. I do. I do. <laughs> but uh, um, even though I haven't really played uh, farming sim games, let me specify, um, I've always looked at this game and I thought to myself, you know, that would be one I'd be willing to try out. And, you know, from the brief time I did play it on the Vita, I did like it. I didn't really put enough time into it that I couldn't really get like a full impression. So I, I would like to try playing the game again at some point. And whether, you know, I finally, you know, just bite the bullet and like get it on uh, my laptop if, if I, um, you know, get Steam again or um, uh, get it for the Switch like I've um, been planning to at some point. You know, I'd, I'd love to dive in and check it out. And I'm sure if I do, then I'll probably be coming to you then, Ost, for uh, any questions or advice. <laughs> Good. I hope I remember. Uh, <laughs> I hope I remember my play enough to give good advice. <laughs> so, just before we move on, then, just another quick question. So, with you having like that much time in it, is that just from your one save file, or is that from you like um, doing different towns or like doing different setups and things like uh, that? The three hundred hours is from my original save. Uh, my okay. one oh save from PC. Uh, I, I was, like I said, I have like seventy hours on Switch, and that's. I think that's a couple of different games. I did a an, an evil Joja Mart run and played with my wife a lot. But um, yeah, my, most of my time is from my original save. Okay. Yeah, because I always I, I would think it'd be kind of fun with this game. Like after you know maybe you hit that evaluation mark, you then decide like oh you know what? I'm gonna uh, try and do a new type of farm. And like you said, like they've done updates where they've added new styles. You know, you try and. Um, you know, try out like the more mining focused one or maybe a more river focused one, you know, just for something yeah. different, you know, see how that goes out or turns yeah. out for you. One cool thing that they added, I believe it was in 1.5. I haven't played it yet, but like they can randomize the uh, things you have to turn into the community center too, which I think is probably like one of the coolest things ever because I'm a huge randomizer fan. So yeah, I didn't oh, try really? that. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah. He's I added so. so much to the game. It's, it's hard to keep up with. Well, I yes. know there's like a whole new Island now. Yeah. That you can go to, and I was like, "Holy cow!" I, I didn't get to it yet. Yeah, 60, ginger, 70 hours in, I just got the community center open. So, 
Ginger Island. Actually, when yep. I got my uh, my Win Three, you know, the handheld PC, uh-huh. uh, the first thing I did was start up my old uh, save file because that's uh, I, that's the thing that's kept me from it. Really, is is uh, I don't have much time for stationary gaming anymore. Having a handheld on the Switch has been pretty great. So, got my handheld PC and started up my old save file and started playing with that again and made it to that Ginger Island. But uh, I haven't really explored it fully yet so i don't know what the whole deal with it is yet i believe there's a third mining area there now too or a third dungeon in that one uh yeah i'm not sure uh like i said i haven't explored it yet but yeah um i really need to sit down with it and play uh, some of the extra added stuff on, on my old save i know i can't change the farm type i've done that some with the switch version i've checked out the other farms but I haven't done like a full lengthy playthrough since then. Yep, they got a uh, was it? They got a beach farm now where you can't put in sprinklers. And I was like, oh my god, who asked no. for that? <laughs> Please, no. That's that's the cha- that's the challenge run. <laughs> that is. I mean, like my whole goal of playing Stardew Valley is can when can I get the sprinklers? When can I take that off my plate about watering every single day? <laughs> Half my life away. Well, I think. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say about uh, Stardew Valley before we uh, get uh, get going to the factory? Well, you know what? I was going to actually flip flop here because I know Aust has played a little bit of Monster Harvest. Yes, the true successor to Stardew Valley. <laughs> flip flopping. We can't change the order. These scripts are set in stone, man. You can't do that. What are you talking about? Because I, I don't know. Has anybody on here played a Rune Factory? I played. Was it Tides of Destiny? Oh, okay. But that was only for like two hours. <laughs> so my experience well, is very limited. That might be about how much Oz played of uh, Monster Harvest. Yeah. <laughs> Although at that point, that's about 30% of the game. I actually oh, only I actually only played the demo for Monster Harvest. So I never even bought the game after uh, it came out. Saw your review and some of the other feedback. But I'll let you get to that. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah this, this probably won't take more than uh, two or three minutes. Um, so, Monster Harvest, they tried to do, you know, the whole Harvest Moon, Rune Factory kind of thing. Um, but mix it with Pokemon. They, they were like, okay, we can do this, but mix it with monster collecting and monster battling. And it's pretty much like everything else. You get the farm. You've got a crazy uncle who is the mad scientist in this town. And he's like, oh, man, there's this slime stuff that's around. And I've come up with all these uses for slime. Um, You should come to my town and help out. And there's an evil company that's doing some bad things with slime. And there's little slimes hopping around places that you can kill. Uh, But the main point is to grow plants, put certain slime on your plants, and then they turn into planimals. Took the word plant, took the word animals. Planimals. You've got your planimals. And you then take them into fights. Well, seems like a pretty cool idea. I like monster collecting games. I like my kind of indie games like this. I love the pixel stuff. I love the farming. Let's do this. The problem is they put this game off two or three times in the past year. Finally released it at the end of August. They needed to put this game off another two or three times. It needed another four or five months cooking. It needed some early access time on Steam or something because I played it on Switch, but both 
all the versions. I joined their Discord. Uh, I think I was like one of the first five people on their Discord when they said they were going to announce it um, because I had an early copy of it on Switch before uh, release to review. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to. I, I'm already lost. What, what's going on? I need to talk to people. <laughs> and uh, luckily, one of the it wasn't a developer. It was one of their community managers gave me some information. And man, the second that game released, that discord blew up and it was all negative. What the hell? What is this? <laughs> My game won't start. I mean, they had errors on Xbox that they had to deal with Microsoft with because they didn't know what was going on. And Microsoft was confused about it too um my copy i had to wait for a patch a day one patch because after about um made it through the first no i didn't even get through the first month they had three seasons they called them seasons instead of months or whatever and it you had the light the dark and the i don't know it was weird it wasn't like summer or fall they, they they decided to give them three cool names it was dark season it was light season it was wet season oh no it was wet drop Wet, dry, and dark. That was the three seasons. <laughs> wet, dr- seriously, wet, dry. <laughs> wet, dry. And it started with dry, of which for me on my copy, it rained probably eight or nine <laughs> of the first 20 days. So right away, I'm like, I think they got the RNG wrong on the... Because, uh... <laughs> I mean, I it, it was kind of nice because I didn't have to go out there and water my crops a lot the first like right off the bat but i'm like it is specifically popping up every morning saying hey it's dry season day two and it's raining dry season day three and it's raining like "Mm, okay whatever um (laughs) the the farming parts were pretty good you got access pretty early in the game to pipes that basically work as sprinklers um so that kind of got taken care of pretty fast the problem was there there wasn't much to do with farming it was like okay so the crops grow and there's like three to five per month um you could combine some uh the scientist dude if you grew two and picked them you could combine them to get a combination seed and then that would let you grow a different kind of planimal that was a little bit stronger than the regular ones that you had um and it, it all that was great but the combat sucked the combat was worse than the original Pokemon. You'd go get it. There was one dungeon. Uh, it ended up having five levels total. Five floors. Boom. The end. The whole dungeon. And this is the only dungeon in the game. And the combat, you you could bring in up to six planimals. Because, hey, just like Pokemon, whatever. Um, or maybe it was five. But either way, there was no way to switch out the planimals in battle. Uh, there was no way to heal them outside of battle. So if you accidentally got in a battle and your planimal was like had 10 hit points, you knew he was just a goner. And the planimals just died like they were gone. You'd get some like little uh, points or something that you could then use to raise the crop level of your farm so that your next planimals that you grew would be better. And I guess that's the whole design process. But like playing monster collecting games, you don't I, I wasn't up for a Nuzlocke. What is it? The Nuzlocke challenge or whatever? Yeah, uh, Nuzlocke. The whole game's a Nuzlocke challenge. You, you're just killing your monsters over and over again. And I mean, that goes fast. There, there's no way. Like I said, there's no items to use in battle. There's no way to flip them out in battle. Like, OK, this guy's getting weak. Let me put in the next guy. Nope. He battles till he dies. Or oh, if yeah. he can miraculously win the combat, then you could switch them out. But I mean, Again, the way the game's designed, they're kind of hoping you die a lot so that you can raise your farm level so that maybe the next time you go breed some guy or grow some planimals, they start out at level three or four. Um, and 
it, it just that loop was sucked and I beat the um, the boss, the thing at the bottom of the mine by the end of the second season. And it kind of gave you a hint that you needed to go to their little community center and battle people every Friday. And sure enough, you'd go there and it was almost like uh, being at a Pokemon gym. You had to fight, you could fight like two or three townspeople um, and uh, get to like a boss of the day. And after about seven Sundays, you fought the boss of the evil company and it was done. Like, okay. and But the, you, you wouldn't know the game was done on Switch unless you talk to people. The only reason people knew on PlayStation that the game was done or on PC that you had, quote unquote, beat the game was you got an achievement for beating that person. And they were like, <laughs> oh, that's it. And they, they confirmed that there were no credits or anything. It could just go on forever like all these games usually do. But I was like, I, I want to see roll credits. Like, I, what can I do now? Yeah, the it whole, was roll- it, Oh, sorry, go ahead. It was, it was so obscure. And to make it even worse, I like the list of errors. If you go on RP Gamer, if you Google this thing and Google RP Gamer review, I gave it a 1.5 out of 5. And there's an entire paragraph with all the things that went wrong with me. Like in the second season, I suddenly my crops wouldn't grow anymore. Um, I had to do save, turn off the game, reload just to get crops to keep growing. Um, from the after the first season, I couldn't combine crops into the mutant crops that grow you the stronger animals anymore. That just didn't work. Um, I opened up the greenhouse that you should be able to grow crops out of season. Like, uh, once again, a lot of these games have. That didn't work. Nothing grew in the greenhouse. It just was an empty building that wouldn't grow anything. Um, you were supposed to grow certain animals that um, were... There's three types of animals you could grow. You could blow the one, grow the ones that you take in a battle. You could grow ones that then could go in your barn and be the livestock. Um, after my livestock got to a certain age, they were supposed to produce items like you get in the games, and then you could craft with those items and whatever. Yeah, that never happened. They they showed that I, they had an item produced, but I could never collect it. That was a glitch. Um, so never got to experience that at all. Uh, there was planimals that you could grow to ride around on. Not that there was very many places to ride to, but it was supposed to be fast travel. You know, you could ride these things. Um, there was a big glitch where the if you did that, they wouldn't be in the stables most of the time. Sometimes you just encounter them in random places or sometimes they'd just be gone. So that was a big one. Like, OK, so there's another gameplay feature I couldn't have. The NPCs were completely lifeless. Um, talk about Stardew Valley, just the interaction with all the townsfolk being awesome. And a lot of these games, yes, th- this was lifeless. They all had one line. There would be like a festival twice a month. You'd go to the festival. They'd have a second line. But then there was nothing else to do with the festival. It was like, okay, I really, literally walked here just to hear another line. There's no contest. There's no game. There's no nothing. It, it was just an empty game. Like, they need so much more content. Beside the bugs, I think if all the bugs were perfectly fine, I'd still have given it like a 2 out of 5 because the combat just sucked. It was ridiculous. And everything just felt featureless. They tried to throw a bunch of stuff in there, but it just was meh. It's like so. that. It, it sounds like that saying where you know they you throw it at the wall, but it doesn't stick. And it really yeah. sounds like that's what happened with this game. I, I felt like nothing stuck, and it was all broken anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, this I'll, was um, what I was gonna say before. Uh, Platy had been messaging me um, some of his experiences with the game when he was getting his review written up. And I remember the the last one he sent me um, was about how the game ended and how it just was so anticlimactic. And I was even looking at the screen. And I'm like, I can't even tell what it says. How can you tell you even beat the game? Because <laughs> the text oh, is well, so small. Well, you couldn't tell small. what it said because the text was so small. 
Yeah, that was the I other thing. Like, I'm like, because I I figured when Platty sent me the picture, um, I'm like, oh, okay, well maybe I just need to zoom the picture, and I just I'm just not reading it. My eyes must be kind of blurry or something. So I I enlarged the picture, and even after trying to like get as help. clear as I could, I couldn't freaking read it. <laughs> I'm like, geez, how do you yeah. even know you, what's even going on in this stupid game? You can't even read what the hell's happening. <laughs> oh, uh, before we get a couple of memories from us about this, Matt Craft, you're uh, quickly running out of juice tonight. Yep. Uh, the only thing I really have to say before I go is talking about New Horizons a little bit, kind of jutting back. I know y'all have found at least one of the wands that lets you hold up to a million customizations for your outfits. Don't tell me y'all ain't use it. And don't tell me y'all ain't have at least one Sailor Moon outfit on it. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my Animal Crossing New Horizons character is, is dressed up like the hero from Dragon Quest V. So. Oh, well, I got mine dressed up like a king right now because I finally got the royal crown. Which costs like 1.2 million bells. <laughs> I don't know if I'm disturbed by that or not. You should totally go for at least one Power Ranger based cosplay or Sailor Moon. I did I mean, Iron Man one. Does that count? I'll let you have that. <laughs> you can have that one. Oh no, I think I'd be more disturbed <laughs> if I had the Sailor Moon outfit, but that's just me. <laughs> I've got one. But I had to say that in the voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, but anyway, I am out as my phone is at 4% now. So good night, and y'all have a wonderful evening. See ya. Thanks, hey, my crap. Yep, you take care. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. So, there we go. So, Aust, what did you uh, do in the demo? Yeah, so I don't I don't have a ton to say, but um, yeah, like I said, I, I played the demo only um, as soon as I saw that it was available on PC. Um <clears throat> Pretty much, I just want. I feel a little. Um, I feel a little validated by your statements on the combat because that was, uh, I think, where the demo lost me because it just it seemed so difficult uh, right off the bat, like d- diving into that dungeon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, you're you're meant to die on floor one multiple yeah. multiple times. Like you got to sacrifice a whole lot of planimals. Yeah, and and it sort of like advertising that it's Pokemon meets stardew valley uh that's not really what pokemon is about it it isn't about disposable monsters um uh, you know you you get attached to the to your Mm -hmm. pokemon and even if you get better ones you don't really just get rid of the ones you have Uh, like i still have pokemon dating back to generation three on my modern cartridges that i've transferred up but you know this diving into that dungeon you're like i think my monster died right away and like you said even if you have two monsters there's no way to like switch them out combat is that is that true correct yeah there's not in the middle of the combat you got to wait till one dies to bring in somebody else yes yeah i wasn't sure if i was just m- missing something on the, on how to you know, navigate the combat menu or because I, I don't even remember if it gave me a tutorial. If it did, it, it didn't feel like it was very helpful. Um, that was another thing. There's no tutorials in that game. I mean, I, I did fine because I've played so many of these games and I think I did better because I was just coming off playing Stardew Valley. Yeah. Like literally the day before it came out. So I was like, oh, OK. And but it, after a while, I realized, wait a minute, nothing taught me how to do this. I only did it because I've played Harvest Moon and Stardew Valleys before. Like, you're not going to teach anything to the player here. 
Yeah. So yeah, that was that. That was a. Uh another of my problems like i feel like it probably told me a little bit the gist of like plant animals and and planting stuff and and uh, you can tell this game didn't leave much of an impression on me uh, and it was just the demo to be fair like i haven't played the full game so i, I guess i could be missing out some things but from what i've seen from your review and just general feedback uh it, my experience doesn't seem too far from the norm i think Something I was, uh, I messaged some of my friends at RP Gamer to talk about when I was like, oh, I think you're going to mention this probably because every week they, they've got a podcast where they go through a bunch of the reviews from staff and they're talking about, you know, new game releases. And I was like, you know what? This game will probably be completely average in about a year. <laughs> Once they put a bunch of stuff in it that they said they were actually going to do, you know, it, it'll be okay. Yeah, I but. love the concept of it. Like the oh yeah, Pokemon meets Stardew Valley. What's what's not to like in that concept? But you know, I guess it, it just seems like they just uh, didn't quite live up to expectations. I don't think they understood what makes either one of those good. Like you said, Pokemon. You've got ones you've transferred through half a dozen systems, probably in games, all the way up from Gen three. And Stardew Valley. Drippy was talking about. He wrote the creator because he felt like one of the NPCs was talking just to him in one of the little um, heart event things. And that is some those two things right there are something this doesn't have. You don't have animals that you keep or that grow with you. They're there to maybe grow a level or two and then die to make your soil better. And basically turn into fertilizer. And yeah. the NPCs were completely pointless. See, I hate, that, I hate that concept of <laughs> the, the plantables or, or fertilizer. Uh <laughs> Not, not a fan of that but you know that that may just be a matter of taste like that it's perfectly fine there's some, maybe somebody out there who likes that concept about this game and, and maybe that's just means it's not for me but yeah but. i mean and that's something i don't think they'll change because that's a gameplay aspect that's like right. how you that's how your farm gets better quality crops and stuff so in my opinion uh then in order to make this interesting for me which uh, maybe that's a little arrogant of me to to ask the developer to tailor this game for me. But if that's the case, you know, that's such a core gameplay mechanic. They really need to focus hard on the community aspect and Stardew Valley-like mechanics uh, in general because um, and make, make the Pokemon thing like a... Um, make it service the farming aspect, I guess, more so than anything else because, uh, I don't know, that, that the, the, comb the combat didn't do it for me and... If the combat isn't interesting, then that means um, you have to find it engaging to collect monsters, which it doesn't seem like that's really a thing either. No, you can have, like I said, you can either have five or six with you at any time. And there's a pen that you can have on the farm. And you, I believe you can have six there. And that was another thing that already people in the community, because the people that were on the uh, Discord there were already upset because I think there were four monsters each um, go round every season. Or maybe there were three or four. No, there had to be four. Because then you could get upgraded versions of them by like crossing the seeds together before you replant them. So it ended up being like six or seven different monsters you could get every season. And then there's three seasons. Well, that's already more than you can hold and have in your farm. So they couldn't have one of everybody. Oh, yeah. See, I don't, I don't like that either. You couldn't you couldn't get them all. Yeah. Who, that's 
I mean, I, I know this isn't Pokemon, but that's sort of that's that's the deal. Yeah. Like if that's where you're going to try to hang your hat, you know, it surely wasn't on the Pokemon aspect. It surely wasn't on the farming aspect. Yeah. It, like, where are you standing out? Nowhere. But, you know, hey, maybe they'll make some improvements over time and in a couple of years it may be different. Who knows? At the very yeah. least, they'll get the bugs fixed. Yes. Like. I've stopped going to the uh, Discord all the time, but I keep it down there. So I get I get an announcement every time they release a patch or something. And every time I see that, they're like, oh, switch users. It'll be a few weeks out. <laughs> PC users, it's live today. Yeah. Uh, so well, life. until they get all the bugs fixed, I can't I couldn't recommend it personally. No, it's uh, it's definitely got issues. But again, next summer, maybe something that you, you circle back to. I know uh, Graveyard Keeper, which I'm going to talk about for like one minute here, because um, if you want to hear more about it, you can listen to our episode about, uh, what is it, spooky games that we did almost exactly a year ago, Yangus. Um, it was our October 2020 one. Yes, it was our um, big like October slash Halloween episode that we did. Mm-hmm. I thought, I looked at that one when it first came out on PC, and switch then not too long after and just kept reading reviews and it was like ah, it's so mad it's so okay whatever so i waited a full year probably was about a year and a half then from pc release um got the switch version with all the dlc and i had a blast with it man i put like 70 80 hours into it um it was a funny death version of all these games like you could get little reincarnated corpses to do your farming for you and you could uh a lot of the supplies that you were getting was because people were bringing you dead bodies and you're like oh well, let me pull the guts out of that and turn that into fertilizer or the heart out of this and do that with it and <laughs> you just repurpose very, everything yeah and you know like stardew valley's got the uh community center that you're always working to improve um this one, you were next to a church, and the way you kept up the graveyards and improved the church got you a lot of bonuses that then was in a town, too. So um, that, that that was a fun game. That was a fun take on it, and it was definitely something that I waited a long time. I waited till they patched the heck out of it and added DLC, and I played through the DLC, and it had a lot of good story stuff in there, um, even though their NPCs were kind of not very interactive, but you... you they had a DLC that really kind of fixed that, too. And, you know, for $15, I got like 70, 80 hours of fun out of it. And maybe in a year or two, you can with that Monster Harvest as well. So we are dropping members left and right as we get later on into the evening. <laughs> and then <laughs> Twinkie, there did were you... three. Yep. Twinkie, did you want to talk about what you remember of uh, Rune Factory Tides of Destiny? <sighs> I honestly don't remember much about it. <laughs> I, I can't say much on it. So, I mean, I didn't I, I didn't hate the game or anything. It's just I haven't played much of it to really form a good opinion on it. So what did you play it on? Uh, PS3, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I played all of Rune Factory 1, 2, 3, and 4 pretty much as they came out. Um, I think I delayed 2 until right after 3 came out and played those out of order. Um, but 1, 3, and 4 were like day 1 release, play, love it. Um, and then circled back to 2 when I finally realized that I'd missed 2. And uh, holy cow, number 3 is out. I better get going and play these games. Uh, just loved the concept of it. It was basically Harvest Moon plus a JRP, an action 
JRPG, and I'm not the biggest action gamer. And the way that it did combat, it was pretty simple. If um, anybody's played, oh, what was the fantasy life? The combat in there was pretty simple um, throughout because there was like 12 different ways to play that game, picking 12 different jobs. And Rune Factory pretty much did that. Um, Rune Factory was like fan- fantasy life game much later. It was Fantasy Life, Harvest Moon. It was a lovely JRPG take on it all. I've just played, I played four again on the Switch when it got re-released a year and a half ago. Reviewed that, loved the hell out of it. And can't wait for five to come up. Just, they were, I I loved them on the DS and the 3DS. Um, Thought they were perfect. I did, never had a Wii really long enough to get into playing them on the Wii. Um, They did come out with two on the Wii and then one, got ported over to the ps3 as well there was a tides of destiny game i rented it via i don't even know if you can do this anymore like ps now you used to be able to rent games on ps4 and stream mm-hmm. them to your ps4 and i paid for i think i paid like eight 19 for a 90 day rental of this game absolutely loved it put about 30 or 40 hours into it in a month and then my second son was born and the, his sleeping habits i could never play my ps4 at night anymore it was it was done for i 60 days of my rental went by and i never got to play it again but that one was really cool because the first four games you had your farm you would go to different dungeons and you'd have to work your way progressively and you'd grow better crops so that you could level up your farm and you went out and beat dungeons because they were story related too. but at the same time if you went into this dungeon you'd get you know the iron and the copper and the silver and the gold so you could make better farm equipment so you could more efficiently farm to get more money to buy better equipment to go into harder dungeons and that gameplay loop where you were doing both at the same time was great like in the right in in harvest moon and everything i mean you're just farming for the sake of getting a better farm or doing the stuff for the townspeople but rune factory adds a whole jrpg story onto that sometimes it's batshit crazy sometimes it's funny um uh, but it's just pretty awesome i know rune factory 2 you would go beat these four dungeons but in the four dungeons there'd always be these like little barriers um like barricades and you couldn't get through them and you could tell that they went somewhere and looking at the map and be like well what the heck happened and then as you get married and have a child suddenly the game time skips farther and you're the child playing mm. and there's still these things going on but hey you're the child now you can slip between the cracks in these dungeons and go do other stuff and that was pretty awesome these games have so much more crafting to them like stardew valley may have 50 60 70 things that you can craft together i mean rune factory's got seven by the time you get up to four there's like seven different weapon types and there's probably 30 or 40 of each of those weapons in the game that you can make with just various stuff. And that doesn't even include the food. And it doesn't even include better farming tools and everything. It, it's just got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stuff. And I hate to say it, if it didn't have such anime and JRPG elements to it, they'd probably sell awesome, like a Stardew Valley. But, you know, not everybody would goes out and buys, like, anime-looking games. So you get this kind of stardew valley interaction with a lot of the townspeople and everything but it's little chibi fied and it's got anime looks to it and the boxes right off the bat you're like oh i'm buying a anime ass jrpg and you look at the sales of games that sell a lot and 
it's not always anime ass JRPGs, unfortunately. Maybe with us, we do that, but <laughs> um, the Tides of Destiny was really cool. It, it kind of took you away from what the other games were. The other games were you're on a farm, you're in a big land, whatever. Tides of Destiny, you were on an island and you kept uh, going to other islands. You're, even your farming mainly took place on other islands. And at one point you like resurrected this thing that would like an island that would like walk through the water and you could dig up other islands to go to and like get resources from them uh this one went back to one of the themes they have is like usually there'll be like four seasonal dungeons you've got the summer dungeon and the fall dungeon and the stuff and you can grow crops in those dungeons as well that was really cool uh just this year plugged in a wii and got my kids playing some wii games and some game q games on it and i was like oh maybe i should buy myself frontier i never played the other one that was on the wii because looking at ties of destiny for the wii i believe you can only play it with the wii mote like you can't use a controller oh like you and, can, uh, playstation gotcha yeah and i was like no i'm not gonna play this by moving a motion control the whole time <laughs> Um, but I read that Frontier worked with uh, the controllers that you could plug into the Wiimote. So bought one of those old third party, you know, it feels like an old, just regular, almost like a PS controller that plugs into the Wiimote. And I put like 15 or 20 hours into Frontier. Um, it just felt so empty. <laughs> like it, you were back to having a farm outside of town and different dungeons to go into. But I don't know if there just wasn't enough NPCs or the land was just so big. But like I didn't I, it was like in I was in a winter third, fourth season in the game and I was still meeting NPCs in random places like, oh, I've never encountered you before. What the heck? <laughs> like it, it was too spread out and it had a little system where you had to have these things called Roonies. They were in I think the whole land was broken up into like 12 little zones. And every time you went from one zone to the next, basically every time the screen had to load and you went off the screen. Um, there were these four elemental runies, and if you didn't manage to, they, and they just floated around like little fireflies, basically. If you didn't keep the, their numbers in balance, that that zone would lose balance, and it could affect your farm area and whatever. So you're just like, okay, I gotta run to the mountains, catch these stupid little three red fireflies, bring them to my farm, so that I've got three red, three blue, three yellow, three green on my farm. And you wake up the next day and all the blues were dead. You're like, son of a bitch. Now I got to go all the way over to the water area and start catching some. And sometimes they'd all just die out in an area. And I, I don't know. The Rooney management was just way too much. So between that and, you know, I felt like I got a good idea of the game. I, be I beat the first dungeon. I almost beat the second out of four, uh, four big dungeons. I did some sky stuff up in the sky because there was another dungeon that you could keep making progress in as you finished off the main dungeons. And I was like, OK, so so this is another rune factory, just not as good as all the Dia. It's not it wasn't as tight. I think they tried to make it too big because it was on the Wii instead of being on the DS and the 3DS like all their other titles were. So uh, I'm 50 50 on what Rune Factory 5 might bring. I hope they uh, I hope they keep the magic that went through the first four. Um, not so much what Frontier tried on the Wii. T Ties of Destiny, I think, did it great. At least kept it sectioned off. And the, the island that you start on was very small and concise and everybody was right there. You could walk around it in five minutes and pretty much hit up all the town folk every day just check in give them gifts and whatever um gosh darn it i would love a remake of that game or just a port of that to something that i have never had the ps3 so sad sad but yeah uh rune factory 5 is coming up in i think 
March of next year, March 22. So sounds good. And I think with that, Yangus, we're done, right? Huh? What? Huh? What? Huh? Oh, uh, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> since you, since you did not decide to flood your backyard and start growing rice. No. <laughs> um, I did put at the end just briefly that you know any games that of this genre that we were looking forward to. Um, I listed two real uh, quick, and I'll just talk quickly talk about them. Uh, one of them was uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Uh, it was a game that was published by XSeed last year, about this time, if I remember right. It was either October or November when it came out. Um, I always try and pay attention to like, the stuff that XSeed, or uh, now lately I've been trying to t- pay attention to what NIS America will try and bring over here to the uh, stateside, because when XSeed originally announced that this game was going to be getting a Western release, I had never heard of it before, never heard of it, you know, didn't know it was a brand new entry, or a, excuse me, a brand new game. I thought it was like an entry in a series that just never, you know, made it over here. And I was interested in it because it was a game that was combining like farm sim elements along with uh, your character going off and collecting materials and stuff via platforming and uh, fighting sections. And I'm like, well, that seems like an interesting concept. Uh, I did, you know, it was something that I had kept my eye on. I saw there was getting a Switch version, so I'm like, okay, cool. That'd be, you know, makes sense for a game like that to also be on Switch, you know, for the sake of portability. So if you want to, you know, work on your rice farming and other stuff like that, you know, while you're watching TV or whatever. And I ended up picking up, oh, goodness. It was this year when I finally picked the game up. I believe it was in January or February, something like that. Like Amazon had the uh, like the collector's box on sale for like fifty bucks or something, so I'm like, oh, you know, sure, I'll buy that. Why not? You know, I want to support the game because it is one I, I am interested in. I was gonna try and get it started, and so I could talk about it for tonight's episode, but I, with work, I just ended up not uh, starting the game because I just didn't really want to try and get into something brand new uh, while we were. <clears throat> Uh, just didn't want to try and get into something new just because of my work schedule and stuff uh, being kind of thrown through a loop a bit with uh, real life stuff going on. So I ended up not starting it, but I do want to play it. I might not end up starting it until next year, maybe even past that. I'm not really sure. But I think it's an interesting idea for a farming game, and I, I really like the art style for it. Uh, and actually, the game did uh, get some promotion on or in Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, because uh, I think it was either last month or in August, they actually had an event for um, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin where they added three characters uh, from the game as spirits that you could fight in the spirit board, uh, which included the main character, Sakuna, uh, one of the little, I believe it's a spirit that can assist you. It was like this little dog character. And there was a, I believe it was the goddess of the harvest or a goddess of time. I don't fully remember. And unfortunately, without having played the game, I don't know exactly the connections for all that. But it was cool to see it because when following like the sales and like how the game has done, like a lot of people really like it. Apparently, the Switch version sold a ton of copies, both in Japan and over here in uh, the West. I think it's sold over a million copies by this point, too, when you combine um, all the releases. So. I mean, for this being, you know, a first time entry for a series and, you know, being being more of a smaller project, you know, it's it's pretty cool. And I'm glad that the developers were able to make something that a lot of people, uh, you know, wanted to get into. Uh, The other game that and this one, I admittedly am not 100 percent sure if it is a farming type game. Uh, It's called Garden Story. Uh, It was one that was revealed in a Nintendo Direct uh, for indie game. Oh, excuse me. Scrape Story, not Garden Story. Pardon me. 
Uh, it was a game that was revealed in one of the Nintendo Indie Directs uh, a few months ago. I really liked the look of the game. Uh, it has a very simple, like, uh, sprite art style. If you've ever seen Mother 3 or uh, any of the game, like, that sort of era of the GBA, it kind of has that look. Like, I, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that looks very inspired by uh, Mother 3's graphic graphical hey, look hey hold 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 on there yangus it is garden story it is yes you, you play as a young grape in the grove it, but it is called garden story so yeah, got a little, yeah. yeah oh whoops uh <laughs> i said in the wrong <laughs> i well, I, i'm glad i said garden story first thing because i'm like well no my notes say grape story so whoops <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah I, I saw your notes too and i'm like oh damn i haven't heard of that okay, you well, are a grape though so honestly yes. Yeah, no, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yes, it is called Garden Story. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, when I saw the game at that Direct, or in that Indie Direct, it was kind of like that um, a short hike game from last year where I saw it, and I was immediately like, you know, that looks like something that I'd really like. And I had that exact same feeling with Grapes, uh, with uh, Garden Story, because I thought, oh, this one looks like a game that'd be uh, kind of up my alley. And seeing how it's, um, again, I'm not 100% sure if it is a farming sim, but... The impression that I've got is that it does have a lot of that, you know, town building, you know, relationship sort of thing that you'd find in like Harvest Moon or Rune Factor, things like that. But then you also have combat where you have different weapons you can like choose from. Uh, there's enemies called the Rot, which I assume are just supposed to be, you know, like either like zombified fruits or something like that that are coming to attack. And it just looked it just looked like um Oh, what's the word? Like, kind of like a just a nice comfort sort of game. And I always like trying to check out some indie games that sort of, you know, like, you know, what with indie games, you really got to try and find the ones that, you know, really catch your eye. Because sometimes if you get one, it could be like, oh, you know, unfortunately, like with um, what you had with uh, Monster Harvest, uh, Platy, where you saw it and you're like, oh, that looks really cool. And then it just ended up being like, oh, that's kind of a stinker, you know. <laughs> you know, well, sometimes you at, have to looking at Metacritic here, you know, looking at Metacritic, you know, the end all be all. Um, no, this game's reviewed pretty well. You know, it's not like super high, but even all the critic, even all the user reviews are either positive or kind of on the high end of the mixed. So doesn't look like they screwed the pooch like a uh, monster harvest. But that, you know, honestly, this is kind of the meta scores that a lot of these games that aren't Stardew Valley at the top kind of get. So, mm-hmm. Might be pretty good. Yeah, that does look like Game Boy Advance graphics. Mm-hmm. And that's that is kind of what I like about it too, because like along with the graphics, like if you see any of the artwork that uh, is used to promote the game, like on the eShop or elsewhere, they have a really nice art style. There's really good use of colors. Character designs are fairly, you know, fairly simple. Like our main character is this little grape. You know, he just has a little face, a little uh, stick, arms and legs, and you know, has a little green to him as well. But it, it like the way that they draw him and give it gives him enough character to let you know, like, OK, you know, this is our hero. You know, he wants to, you know, he's, he looks like a friendly little character. And I really think that's one of the benefits of the game, even within uh, in th- within the game itself with its sprite style. It has a lot of personality to it, even though it's so simple, which I think if, a you know, if a developer is able to do that sort of thing, you know, kind of express that sort of creativity through the appearance of the game or like promotional materials with like, you know, the art the artwork itself then you know you can kind of get that sense at least in in, in my opinion that they are passionate about that project you know passionate about that game so that's something else that when i saw it it's like okay you know i this one looks like it'd be a fun one to check out so you know even though this isn't really again this isn't like a genre that i'm have been super into other than animal crossing which doesn't really have the farming stuff to it like the like uh, sakuna and um 
garden story here were ones that have caught my eye and it's like, oh, you know, maybe it's an age thing too, where I'm just trying to try more stuff or whatever, but it's like, oh, you know, this, these look like they would be fun games and sort of stuff that I could get into. You know, maybe you guys had the same thing, like you saw Stardew Valley and other stuff like that. Or like when Platy, you saw Rune Factory for the first time, you know, it's like, oh, it looks like something I'd be into. So it could just be a case of that for me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'd, I'd played a lot of... Har- I, I wasn't here when you were talking Harvest Moon earlier, but I'd played plenty of Harvest Moon in my younger days, and eventually it was like, eh, you know, I, I know what to expect. It is what it is. I, I, you played one, you played it all. Not exactly, but... And then I saw Rune Factor, I'm like, what? I can swing a sword and still raise my crops? Holy crap. And that just has hooked me for hundreds of hours over multiple games. <laughs> Uh, Twinkie, uh, before we wrap things up, are there any games from uh, this particular genre that you haven't played that you'd like to play at some point, or like any future games that are coming? Um, yeah, um, we talked about Rune Factory 5 briefly. I'm kind of looking forward to that, but the nearest game I'm thinking of playing shortly is uh, Rune Factory 4S, the Switch version, I believe it is. Um, I ended up picking it yes. up a while back, and I haven't played it yet. So, because it, for some reason, even though I'm a huge fan of Harvest Moon and JRPGs, I just, for some reason, I don't know how I got this far in life. I just never played one yet. So, outside <laughs> of Ties of Destiny. So, I'm probably going to start that game up pretty shortly, too. And another game. I'm actually was thinking about playing is a uh, graveyard keeper. Um, I don't know too oh, much about I it. I loved that. But yeah. I heard a lot of good things about it. Um, a friend gifted me a copy of it um, last year and I haven't gotten around to it. And, you know, it's Halloween time. So I think it's time to start playing that too. So yeah, also, no, I gotta... game, it, it had humor. It, it had humor. It was, it doesn't take itself seriously, but it's like a dry humor. Like, the do- you get a donkey who just drops off a dead body at your doorstep every morning like that. Well, here's another one. Oh, I like dry humor, so. Yeah, right. so, I mean, it, it, it didn't try to go out of its way with puns and crap. It was, you know, eh, you know, the dude died. Cut him up. <laughs> Do whatever. <laughs> I, there's a whole plot line where uh, you're trying to impress the bishop, and the bishop's like, man, we got to kill more witches. What are we going to do? Can you set up a hot dog stand outside the witch burnings we have every Sunday? Let's do this. So, <laughs> and you can sell the meat that you harvest from bodies to the um, local uh, pub oh. for money. That's one That's one of the things you got to do early on. So, I mean, there's all this just little like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing that. But and, but it turns out to be I mean, you get you get a whole operation going as you start. You're able to revive corpses later on and turn them into like a lot of these things. The autumn, the automation of your farm and you are growing stuff. You got to have crops and this and that. Because you gotta you gotta make the stuff for the burgers and the buns for the witch burning things and the quests and the and it's got it's got I think like fifteen levels of Stardew Valley esque battles and that's it's not much just a little something to do for one of the plot lines so it's got that too but I mean it's my I didn't go through all the DLC um, I, I there's one where you can get into the past of a lot of people. Um, there's another one where you can open up your own store. And it's pretty great that, like, at one point you're, like, getting money. Like, part of that quest line is you're trying to get a lot of stuff and buy a plot of land um, from the local restaurant, bar, or whatever. And then I think at the last time when you finally buy it from him, he's like, so what are you going to do with that? You're like, mm, open my own bar. He's like, what? 
I mean, there's not a lot of dialogue, but what they do, they use it pretty good. Awesome. Actually, you know what? I'm going to install it right now. What did you get it for uh, PC or Switch? I got it on PC. Mm-hmm. I think that has been on my Steam wish list for probably three years now because I still get emails like it's on sale. I'm like, damn, I beat that on my Switch two years ago. I gotta gotta remember to take that <laughs> off. <laughs> but no, it, it's a good game. And like I said, I didn't play it until a good year and a half went by, um, and it patched up everything and whatever. And for something like that, I don't know what else that developer's done, but. I mean, I never read bad reviews, but I did not expect to really like it as much as I did. And I think it was they probably listened to their I'm sure it's got a lot of Stardew Valley people that played it and commented like hell until they got the development really good with that. Yeah, I'm surprised that they even did DLC for it. Yeah. And I picked it up on Switch. I think when I bought it and the DLC, I probably didn't even pay $20 altogether. Oh, wow. All right. As Oz commented as uh, as he logged off, but before he went to bed, that crappy Monster Harvest game that I was talking about is selling for more than Stardew Valley. I'm like, really? Oh. Like, I mean, first of all, Stardew Valley really kills the value of a lot of these games being set at 15 bucks with five years of free updates and all the content that you can get. You know, how many people here played it for 300 plus hours? Right. And then I, I look at me like, oh, man, I'll be getting that Rune Factory day one and I'll be paying $60 for this game next year. <laughs> I know it's different, but gosh darn it. <laughs> can you give me can you give me four times the value of a uh, Stardew Valley? No, you can't. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I guess we're ready to put this one to bed. Yep. You know, we've, we've been like going at half it for what, what to bed. feels like 300 hours. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding it's been a good been a good discussion tonight with all the different uh games and everything and i mean like i said earlier we got a lot more out of uh, some of these uh, topics than i thought we were going to i didn't think we were going to talk about animal crossing and even harvest moon as long as we did so you know that was it, i mean we got a lot of good discussion like i said so that that was great you know especially for this being an episode that we planned uh pretty quickly too <laughs> oh yeah it was like last wednesday thursday like hey let's do this this month okay cool Hey, I'm only free next Tuesday. Can we do it next Tuesday? And then I find out I'm not free. <laughs> but Twinkie, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. me. Thanks to finally talk to you after years on the forums and Discord and everything. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Really liked it. So yeah, we definitely want to thank uh, again. We want to thank Drippy uh, for helping out with hosting while Matt was um, uh, preoccupied with the hockey game he was at. And we want to thank um, Aust and we want to thank Matt Craft. Uh, for joining us tonight too and of course as Plyta said we want to give you a big thank you too Twinkie since you know first time being on here and it was gr- again it was great talking to you we talked about a bit before how you know mainly been talking through like text chats and things like that so having you on for the first time you know hopefully we weren't uh, too crazy for you and you, w- you would be willing to come back <laughs> oh no it was fine it was fine so he's used to our craziness is what he's saying Platty. yeah yeah essentially <laughs> good you know what? Since this was such a chill podcast about chill games and everything, I'm going to be chill and not even mention that word that we never mention. Not even going to say it. That word that we don't say, I'm actually not going to say. All right. All right. All right. So we can skip right to right past that. OK, I suppose we can. But you should probably, uh, you know, let other people know about uh, the link that Woodis has on his den. I hope you support the site. Oh, 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 oh my gosh. Oh, yes. Even though I don't say the one word, the the other word I should always say is <laughs> the Dragon's Den. If uh, you happen to have some money that you're not going to go pee away on the pee site, um, 
then you can definitely go to the D site, the double D site, even the Dragon's Den. Um, <laughs> Ludus has got a brand new banner right at the top of the Dragon's Den um, to link to Amazon. So it, unless you want to just like ship off some money straight to Woodus, you know, he's, he's kept those lights on for 20 plus years now. You could always do that. Um, or if I've talked about it a long time, you got to go buy a refrigerator. You got to buy yourself some new underwear. You got to buy some toenail clippers. I don't know what you got to buy, but if you're listening to us, I think you know what Amazon is. You probably got Amazon. You might have Amazon Prime. And if you've got a wife, you've probably got boxes coming every three days. Sorry, every lady out there, totally sexist comment, whatever. <laughs> I, you know, mine does, so I'm just personifying everybody like that. Um, Heidi, we're going to lose that demographic now. What the I, hell? There, let me tell you, I'll be looking at our stats online, and it, it's going to be, it's going to go from like 97% men to 98, and I'm just going to feel bad with that one lady whoever listened to us i've now insulted her um if you are that one lady please say please keep listening um <laughs> but you no, know, we know our demographics know them well but if you do visit the den you can always buy anything you want through amazon and woodus will get a little bit a little bit to help support that den doesn't cost you a penny uh if you have any suggestions for a future side quest episode uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact both Platy and myself at the Dragon's Den uh, directly through the forums. Uh, you can contact us via the Dragon's Den uh, Discord, which is run by our buddy Brewerian. Uh, you can also contact you can contact Platy via his Twitter, uh, Platy M3, and let him know about any ideas there. Uh, with all those ways to contact us, you can let us know about any uh, topics you want us to either revisit new. Uh, new topics we could talk about in the future. You know, we're totally open to new ideas for episodes, and uh, we have a list full of them. So, you know, be happy to add some more if you are willing to throw out some suggestions to us. Definitely. Bye, everyone. Side quest complete, partner. Mm-hmm.